Hello, everyone, and welcome to State of the Realm, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. And I assure you that that's all we will be talking about on the stream after a very interesting pre-show <laughs> that has our guests already laughing because of what's being talked about in the chat at the moment. But this week, we decided instead of a two-week spoiler embargo, how about just a one-week one? Because, that well... was the original idea. No. It was. No. It was. It was the I idea, it, it was about an idea about five minutes after we decided not no, to talk I about the story said, last week. I even said two weeks was too much. You said it. that, all right, but it was decided- I thought one week was too much. <laughs> yeah, well, we know you do. Uh, speaking of which, yes. yeah. We, so let me introduce our hosts hey real quick. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Michael, Mr. Happy Poveromo. Joining me, of course, as he does every week, is Sly, aka Sly the Fox, aka Sly, aka Great Fox, aka Sly, aka Buffalo, aka you, my boy, Blue. How you doing over there, don't get me started on this buffalo shit. That wasn't me. That was all you. That wasn't me. I'm passing. I, I, I'm passing I blame. No, Don't worry. I had no parts in that. No parts. All right. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing oh, good. You're doing. You're doing excellente. Okay. Excellent. Fine. Le yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Leave me hanging just because speaking yeah, Spanish. Yeah. Okay. Terrible Spanish. Just no, it's terrible. great Spanish. Anyway, and That's joining us. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not Google Translate that. Anyway, uh, and of course, joining us for a lore-based segment, story, whatever you want to call it. Even though he was here last week, and he's only supposed to be here once a month. I don't know what he's really doing here this week, to be honest. Oh, but, uh, is Ethis Asher. You guys have many Hi. nicknames for him. I'll leave those to the chat to type them out because, well, there's a lot Can of them. the nickname roll for Ethis? <laughs> yeah. Minuteman, Moonman. I just, I'm sure there's other ones. At this down under Asher, any of those would work. That could actually be a good nickname for you. I like that one. Oh, that's yeah. too simple. Okay, nah, Mr. Sly, Sly, aka Gray that's Fox cliche. over there. Too simple. Too simple. All, right. All right, fine. I'll make it more complicated. Moon Man will be his permanent nickname. Got it. Especially after, especially after this patch, because like we're going anyway. So on that note. Mm. Yeah, well, don't worry. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that. So on that note, this week we're going to be covering the story. The one thing we didn't get to cover last week, really. And the only thing Ethis did before last week's show. <laughs> he was like, perfect. When they go to talk about the story, I'll be... Oh. Nope. Nope. No. And, then he, and then he couldn't grade anything. He couldn't speak about anything. He's like, yeah, I have an opinion. But, oh, yeah, we can. Have you no, done... Yeah. Before we before we even go into the story, I gotta ask since you didn't do anything but the story last week. Have you done the I've other done stuff? Everything. Okay, yeah, I've done everything except for my sightseeing loan. Actually, wow, that's one thing I expected you yeah. to prioritize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. some story yeah. behind that. We could have talked about that this week. Yeah, I know. well, I I know what the logs are. Like I've I've looked through them. I just haven't personally done it yet. Oh, okay. Then that is fine. You, you don't need to do them. That doesn't matter. You're good to go. Sure, I do. Yeah, someone who yeah. did the original eighty. Let me just tell you, no, you don't. You don't. You don't need them done. Trust me, not worth oh, it. So the uh, we're gonna talk about some of the different story aspects of the patch. The two big ones, of course, being the new main scenario quests and the void arc. Uh, if we have any other little tidbits, Ethis wants to th uh, throw in. I know he usually has some things that we never even think of. First off, I kind of see what people were talking about. It was really short. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, oh, it's, it's over. That was really mm -hmm. good for what it was. Huh? Yeah, you see what we mean. You see what we mean. It was a lot more. I still think my statement holds true. It was just more substance in a. It was the same substance in a shorter period of time. 
that just I felt that way still at the end of it. Yeah. I, there was less of this. There was just there was just less of that 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 thing where it's just like, by the way, this other problem that only is going to happen for this patch is here, and there's going to be two cutscenes on the entire thing. Uh, we're going to take that out. Yeah, I suppose. But I mean, what, were you expecting things to happen that didn't happen? Uh, there was. I expected more to happen with certain things. Uh, mm -hmm. And we'll talk about those uh, when we get to them. But there were the thing is, this was a patch with a lot of big story like points, even just little tiny details that are massive hints towards what's going to be happening in the future. Even looking in my thoughts all the way to four point mm. So let's jump right off into talking about some of the characters and their involvements. First off, <sighs> Kryle. I hate saying it. I hate way. it. It's it's cool. Okay, I I got it. I got it. Seriously, we had this conversation. Krillin and Krill. Krillin is Kururin. Krill is Kururu. Am I wrong in thinking that 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 I was expecting it to be Krill and not Krill? I mean, I think everybody oh, I was Krill. It. I was saying Krill. Yeah, everybody was saying Krill. Maybe they just mm. want to mistake it for a crustacean. I don't like shellfish. Like a uh, like shellfish. I don't know. Just it really bothers me that we have to call her Krill or we're being incorrect. It do you think it's just strictly a dialect thing? I hope not. No, they all call her Kryle because, and I guess they all yeah, the same dialect. Yeah, they Yeah, they all do. They all shall land. Yeah, so, uh, whatever. Kryle, Krill, I'll accept either or just because I hate that name. It's like Diadem and Diadem. I really want to call it the Diadem over and over again. What do we think about her entrance into the main story? I like her. She's spicy. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely spicy. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. she's a she's a Lollafell with attitude. I I like her. I like her. She was cracking jokes on the Alphano. Um, yeah, she just she just fits. I, this is what what I wasn't expecting of Krill. I, I wasn't expecting expecting her to have this type of personality. Uh, then again, it, it was kind of hard um, to gauge Krill's personality in Final Fantasy uh, four? five five. Excuse me. Um, yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I like her. I like her. Ethos? Uh, yeah, Sly's got the right of a spicy buffalo potato ball. I knew. I wanted to say it, but I didn't I'm out. say it. No, he's out. <laughs> Was it, is, that, is, that your, is that your basketball thing, like swish? No, no, that's the, uh, the long distance high five. No? So, what do you think about. What do you think about. What do you think about Kryle at this? Oh god. Well, you know how I feel about Lollafells. I reckon she's in the, the top five. Lollifels top five worst or best? And I don't know which no, one. Top five best. Top five okay. best. Yeah. All right. Um, and that's, that's like really fucking high praise coming from me. She's the kind of character that we sort of need. Um, because the Scions, they're all like. I don't know. They just. Yeah, no, not so much that they're stoic, but there's just very little uh, repartee apart from between like uh, Ida and Papa Limo. And given that they're already such two-dimensional characters, there's none of that sort of dialectic conflict to sort of make the characters more interesting. Um, whereas I think we learn more about and we sort of progress the character of Alfino uh, more just in that short little discourse between the two of them than we have you know, almost uh, across the rest of the game. And I think, I think that's great. And if she's going to, uh, I guess, drive that sort of uh, 
those sort of interactions and that sort of character progression for the other characters. I reckon that's a really good thing, and that's a sort of really interesting mechanism for them to take. So, yeah, Rick is great. I cool. the only thing I'm afraid of the last time we got a spicy character was in Moonbrita. And we got the exact same amount of kind of introduction to her as a character. We just we learned a little bit more about Rodion J in Space of Alpha. No, they killed her a patch later. So I'm hoping that next patch Kryle isn't isn't dead already for once. I think Kryle is a little bit more um hard than Minbrita. I mean she survived the destruction of the Isle of Val. Yeah, and on top of that, Kryle has been talked about uh, since so even before. Wait, wait, wait. So was a thing. So you're saying mm. Moonbrita's soft? Yeah, she's no, soft to sell. I'm not saying I'm not saying that Moonbrita's soft. I'm saying that Moonbrita didn't have the fucking blessing of life, did she? Yeah. No. No. Which is a kind of an interesting thing because since about this, and she implied they almost all, if not absolutely all of them, possess the Echo. Yes, that was the implication that they're a, a collection of Charlans that all possess the Echo, and that that is how. Um, uh, she got in contact with Minfilia, and that's why Minfilia has had this long sort of contact with the students of Baldessian since right back to 2.0, is that they sort of identified her as someone with the Echo um, and saw that she was trying to set up a kind of similar organi organization to what, <clears throat> excuse me, to what they were doing. Yeah, just not, except only one other person with the Echo around there. Needed one other mm. at the very least with the, with the Scions. Mm. And it kind of leads me to think, one of the biggest things about 3.0 was establishing us as sort of like this insanely unique character with all of this mm -hmm. infinite power. And it seems like in one patch later, they pretty much just brought us, brought a bunch of other people up to or near our level, whether that be in combat status or in the gifts that they have. So are you just mm. mad that we're not special anymore? Well, no, I think this is actually a lot of people wanted this. They wanted our character to kind of show that they weren't just this dauntless hero that they were sort of still in some way mortal and so, uh so in a way humanizing humanizing us. the main character of yeah, the story mm -hmm. or at least making it so we're not just this crazy unique it makes other characters seem a little bit more impactful next to our accomplishments mm. yeah i can i can kind of agree with that because um if there's one thing i really like i would say have a problem with it's you know, this whole story armor kind of thing where, you know, you're the main character. You you are pretty much close to God. You can do anything you want. You you are special. And, yeah, I kind of like it that they took us down a peg and, like, you're not the only one. You're not special anymore. Yeah, but, I mean, you, you talk about story armor, but how many cutscenes did you find? I mean, even just in this patch, but, you know, particularly in, like, uh, Before the Fall Part 2, where you felt like you couldn't do anything and you're like, well, hang on, I'm the, the badass warrior of light. Why am I putting up with this sort of thing? The only thing I wonder that about is when people say carry this fish over to the other person who has the fish over there. That's the only time yeah. I ever wonder why. I'm the fucking warrior of light. Why the fuck? Walk over there. Literally, this he's is five feet away. He's five feet away. Go give him <laughs> the right fish there. yourself. Right I'm there. too busy. I'm too busy standing here waiting for other people to come by to give them fish. Uh, Boy, can, you talk to, can you talk to this person who's like, Dude, he's three feet away from you. Yeah, well, I mean... But you're supposed to... That's the idea of your characters. You're supposed to be modest. You're supposed to be, you know, man or woman of the people. And, and nothing is below. There is a difference between modesty and there's a difference between fucking laziness. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know who's not lazy? You know who's not lazy? Boxman. That guy is not lazy at he all. He never gives in. He never, never gives, gives in. in. We have Rockman now in Idleshire as well. It's okay. So, with all the students about Destiny and with all this stuff, um, there's one character who they just refuse to refer to at all when it comes to Kral. And that's Galuf. I am getting really sick of them dodging saying his name because now I'm absolutely convinced that he is going to hold some sort of increased importance. Perhaps come back after, you know, Isle of Val, he turns up missing, but he has his memory lost, you know, mm. from, the, from the disaster. I have a feeling they're really going to ride this whole... Kryal Galuf thing into the into the not the X Death story, but into their own kind of interpretation of Final Fantasy V's events. Is there a reason? Oh. Can, why? Because they call him old man, gra you know, grandfather, him. Just they're playing the name game, mm. and it bothers me. <laughs> I don't know so if it bothers you guys. Is, can we lock this prediction down that uh, Galuf um, memory loss, and we gotta find a way to get it back? Or are uh, we locking this prediction in? Uh, I am, at the very okay. least. I'm absolutely locking yeah. that in. I'm I'm a hundred percent convinced that's gonna happen. I don't 100 percent convinced. I think I, we I are. Still, I still think we're gonna see X Death, oh. yes, but I don't think we'll see Galuf. Showed a Skype conversation by accident because I went to switch it because uh, my Skype was going off and it didn't switch back. Apologies, everyone. Luckily it was nothing involving us. So we're good to go. There we go. Mm. I'll edit that out of the video. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about Galuf. I'm, I'm sort of, I don't, I do not think at all that it's self-evident that we're, um, that we're going to meet him and we're going to help him sort of gain back his memory or anything like that. Um, I think it's um, a fair assumption that uh, whoever he is or was, he has the echo. Um, and that the students of Baldessian are obviously founded on, on something that he was working on. My suspicion is that he's probably like the first uh, sort of echo scholar, the first person to sort of start wondering about what it is and what it can do um, amongst the Shah lands anyway. And I suspect he might have been a previous warrior of light from an older era. Well, I mean, that seems That's to line up I'm with expecting. his that lines up with his role in Final Fantasy V is a big thing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so that's what I'm expecting. Well, through Crow, we learned a little bit more about some other mm -hmm. characters. We got to learn what she's capable of, not just the fact that she has the echo, but how she's able to manipulate ether even. Which mm -hmm. I thought was interesting that also that's another point we'll talk about. Her interaction with a previous crystal of light from an earlier era. I don't know how Matoya got her hands on that. I kind of want to know. <laughs> but the fact that she's able to manipulate that to find all the Scions is uh, pretty interesting. Mm. I don't know how... I mean, that's she's literally got to be the center point of finding every single one of the other ones. Actually, that's not true because the other ones didn't travel the ether the same way. No. Mm. No. Yeah. And we're, we'll probably talk... Uh, we're going to talk about um, the other Scions a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's just. Sorry, go ahead. No, well, I was just gonna say Yoshi P's mentioned Crow might not even be like a major player in the main story. Like he said that they might introduce characters into the main story, and then not just rely to kill on them. them. Off. No, not rely on them to be <laughs> main story elements. You know. Yeah, they... I. I sorry. suspect that Crow is gonna have a a big sort of side quest line of her own, and maybe we could find her grandfather in the process. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. 
He's, he's not dead. dead. He can't. He's dead, Jim. Actually, if she has that kind of power, there's a good chance he's dead because she got real. She uh, she inherited all his crystals when uh, he died in Final Fantasy V. Spoiler. Uh, hey. Spo oh. Spoiler for oh. 25 years ago. Years ago, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it just came out on Steam again. I thought maybe no one had played it before. Well, uh, next we have introduced are the warriors of well, the warrior of darkness and his merry crew. They are the warriors, but he is the literal warrior. warrior. Like, the only one that was voiced. Didn't get to see too much of him. Other than establishing that they're all pretty strong. There's only five of them. Which means they're cheating and they're breaking the light party rule. Yep. So basically, they yeah, did, but they, they they, did they, the they, they, It's the dark party rule. It's the dark party? Yeah, in, in, uh, in Dark Eorzea, they have five party members. Yeah, uh, there's no light party rule. Yeah, or, or that, or they're undersizing... Yeah, they're uh, everything. Ravana. They, they undersized Ravana with uh with five people. Uh but so after we just get a pretty much hi, that's who we are. We're gonna show you how badass we are. And uh see ya. <laughs> well, I think we got more than that. We, we got, got more, more than, than that, that, but we, we got a what do we, we else got? We got an echo. We got an echo. We got an echo of um of them fighting one of the Asians in the live stream. In the same mm -hmm. way that we fought La Habrea at the end of 2.0, um, and basically saying something to the effect of, you know, we're going to destroy the Asians. So what that tells you is that they were at some point warriors of light, and that's also reflected in their armor not being dark in the flashback. Yes, yeah. exactly. And this this has some interesting implications so a lot of people have been speculating for the longest time that the warriors of darkness might have been the previous eras warriors of light so they might literally be the the participants of the battle of Cartano. Mm. um the problem with that is obviously the legacy players and how do you how do you reconcile that um so i'm not too I'm still not certain about that one, but I think there's definitely something to this. They were previously warriors of light. What has happened to them? Did they did they fail to destroy the Asian? Did they fail where we succeeded? And were they subsequently uh, sort of possessed in a similar way to Thancred was by La Habrea through some sort of effect of the echo or effect of a, a crystal of darkness? Um, were they sort of convinced that this uh, sort of shifting between astral and umbral eras is a kind of necessary thing to the, you know, the structure of the universe and, and where they sort of talked around to it. I don't know. I think it's really interesting, but they've been, they've always sort of been coerced away from the, the path of light somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And when I first saw the warriors of darkness, that was the one thing that came to mind was, yeah. yeah. And um, him being kind of taken uh, by the Asians and by darkness itself. Um, mm -hmm. But my suspicion is something very similar is going on here. But I want to go back to what you said about the legacy legacy players. Like, mm -hmm. how <laughs> how would it really? Like, how would the legacy players, you know, kind of be involved in that? It, it, that seems a little too meta to kind of. Well, that's that's the whole point. Is that it's that's the one thing that doesn't make sense because in the trailer, it's the it's, in it. yeah, is the trailer we're supposed to be technically represented by the characters being sent back in time. That's supposed to be us. Yeah. And I, when I say us, yeah. I mean me, not you two. But I, yeah. <laughs> um, that being said, 
you can't help but notice that the five characters in that scene are the same five characters as in the original 2.0 trailer. Look, there's there's a way around that. Um, what uh, Louis Soir did to us at Cardano was very similar to what uh, Yustola did to her in Thancred in Before the Fall. Ah, okay. I see where you're going with that. So, I... I think that there is a possibility that they can explain this in two different directions. They can explain for the non-legacy players, these are the old Warriors of Light that were at Cartano and something happened. Um, and they could explain to the legacy players, well, when you were cast into the Ethereal Sea, you split into, you know, good Mr. Happy and bad Mr. Happy. Um, <laughs> The only problem with that is that we get this this echo flashback of them fighting uh, an Asian, yeah, and that that didn't happen for the legacy players before 2.0. Um, so, I think it's it's something that a lot of people are going to be speculating. A again, this sort of shift from being warriors of light to warriors of darkness. I, I'm just going to put it out there. I do not think that they were the same uh, dudes that were the Battle of Cartano. I think that that's purely uh, just a representative kind of thing. Yeah. So do you think this could kind of, like, story-wise in, like, future patches or future expansions, kind of create a rift between players, um, legacy players, and, you know, newer players, um, Warriors of Light, Warriors of Darkness, you know, that no. option? Okay. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. That'd be so much work. And Yeah, a lot of people have suspected the Warrior of Darkness means we'll at some point get to pick a path, and I don't... I, we already have no. three nations. Imagine having to have three nations with three with, with two different options. Man, PvP would be a disaster. <laughs> well, the thing is... Well, some that say story... PvP would be easier, though, with that. No, it'd be easier if we had no Grand Company restrictions, not if we were split into good and bad. <laughs> It would just make it simple. Horde an alliance. Inside. Let's do it Come now. <laughs> do you imagine what would happen to the story and what would happen to the canon? Oh, my You'd have God. two completely different, like, canonical Final Fantasy XIV stories. That would be a fuck. For me, that would be a fucking nightmare. I'd have to have, two like, characters. A, a warrior of light and a warrior of darkness. And I'd have to spend, like, equal time on both of them. And, hey, man, Star Wars did it. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Yeah. Not, Star Wars not. did do it. Star Wars did do it. That's true, but it didn't have an impact on like the universe's story because yeah. uh, in the Old Republic, you're not like the center of the universe, like we are. We're the freaking yeah. center of the universe. We're the most important thing happening. Good. So can we get a can we get a shirt in game that says I'm kind of a big deal, and just wear that around <laughs> during the main story? I just want to see that. I can't wait till Eorzea starts making shirts with words on it. One that's day what, we'll get the technology. That's what your golden subligar is. No, my golden subligar is I I won Eorzevia. Yeah, it's your it's your. The, but it doesn't I'm actually say. It's not like it's as juicy on the ass yeah, or anything everyone, like that. Everyone knows. Everyone knows what you did. <laughs> no, they don't. People ask me every day. Why the hell are you wearing? That? <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> It's like happy, please put some put a shirt on. They don't even ask me to put pants on. They just ask me to put a shirt on. My nippleless Lalafell walking around Limsalomitsa staring at Boxman for an hour. Nothing more awkward than that. So Derplander is not messing around. It's ultimately what we're what we're thinking about. At first he kind of looked like he kind of seemed like a nice guy, and then he's just no, like he's and, kind of a dick. And then he's immediately like, yeah, let's let's beat their ass. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's do it. Um, either way, 
We have more to talk about the warrior later. There's a scene at the very end. That's the only other time we see him after this uh, this sort of uh, conflict with Ravana. Which, by the way, if they're warriors of darkness, why are they why are they killing primals in our world? Doesn't that create the unrest that the Asian? No, we'll talk about that. I know exactly what what Ethis is looking at me for, because I know what Ethis is thinking. I can see on his look. He's like, oh, you don't think there's a reason, huh? I can I can bet you there's a reason. But one thing that kind of was interesting about this cutscene was Thancred's appearance. Because we were... I had a feeling we were going to find him this patch just because Ystola and Thancred were lost together. And the Record Keeper event has them both together. Really? Mm -hmm. the record Keeper? Honestly, it's, it made sense, alright? And my prediction was correct, so I'm going to say the Record Keeper hint was a good one. Yeah, right. I think that makes sense. I mean, they wouldn't put him in Record Keeper if they were planning on having him, you know, have some long, long hiatus. Yeah, that's how I feel, at the very least. One thing I noticed about Thancred immediately, first of all, his digs are fucking legit. Second of all, he is way stronger than he was the last time we saw him. <laughs> He's been in the wilderness kind of Come on, he could have killed bears before, like, something about him. He's been leveling. Yeah. <laughs> With Nutkins. Nutkins. Yeah. In strategic places. In strate yeah. <laughs> I feel like watching Ice Age all of a sudden. Anyway. Um, but, like, legitimately, he he took off on another level. Like, where we were taken by surprise, he was toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Warrior of Darkness. That's not supposed to be. Like, that is, again, something that kind of shows other characters. Uh, I don't know if he was toe-to-toe. -to -toe. I think he just sort of caught him by surprise. Yeah. I don't know, that 1v1 went on for a good minute. I don't think that's... I think after the... He threw daggers, said, I'm going to yeah, fight you now. Yeah, the high grounds. <laughs> he, he threw daggers, said, I'm going to fight you now. And the guy said, okay, I'm going to fight you back. And then they fought. That's that's how it looks to me. <laughs> I'm going to fight you now. That's all it is. Jeez. But I mean, especially... Strips, especially after he, like... He killed two dudes in, like, the canal. And then he got... Mm. He took an arrow to the knee. It's not my fault. They're the ones who did it. So just, you're you're just comparing experiences. Like oh, he did, didn't he? Oh fuck! I put that out of my memory <laughs> for a good reason, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I kind of agree with Ethos. He kind of power leveled. He's been he's been hunting. He's been you yeah. know he, he's been doing lebs. He's been doing lebs in the area. He's been doing lebs. He's been doing Nath daily quests. That's yeah. what he's been doing. Yeah. There's there no go. there's no women out there. <laughs> He doesn't yeah. have time to focus on women. He had to, all he could do was like hunt and you know, I pictured him with his like gruff ass beard in that in the time that he got there, you know, trying to hunt for stuff to wear. Like <laughs> trying to just fish. The nutkin like, every time. He's like say, he's like Matt Damon at the end of the Martian. Hey, never seen that movie. Seen that yet? Moving on. No. Nope. Don't oh, watch movies, I man. I don't watch I gotta movies. read the book. Fuck I gotta off. read the book. Uh, what's a book yes it's a book <laughs> anyway so but i actually have another thing i think he is legitimately more physically powerful because of what they uh, what they kind of hinted at towards the end of the scenario is he doesn't seem to be able to use magic anymore completely mm -hmm. gone from his mm -hmm. uh from his aura now first of all i think that made him stronger Wait, physically say completely gone you stole it. You stole it. Said I, I've got the exact quote here. You stole it. Said upon closer examination, I saw that his etheric flow had been irreparably disrupted. So he's he's been crippled in terms yeah. of uh, his his connection to the ether. Um, he can't teleport. We know that much. He can't teleport. No, yeah, he can't do that. Yeah. 
So your your suspicion is that he's uh, it's, sort it, of done the the kind of Odin thing where he's traded an eye for you know a different kind of sight and he's become physically more powerful for losing his magic. Yeah, lose one sense, the others get stronger, kind of deal. And I don't yeah. mean the literal eye that he seems to be covering for some reason. No, no, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I still reckon he's just been power leveling. I gotta say. <laughs> I love that yeah, being. He, he, I love that being the lore reason for why. It's because he got. He was level fifty, and they threw him into a level level fifty five zone. He had the power level. <laughs> well, I mean. You just think about it pragmatically, like he's woken up naked in the middle of a forest and he's had to kill to survive and, and he's sort of been put through hardships that he never, you know, had to deal with before. You know, he didn't ever really go out of his way to make things difficult for him in 2.0. He finally got his uh, ninja job yeah, stone. No, like I don't think he did. In 2.0, he seemed like a, the, the sense I got from him, he seemed like he had a lot of the comforts in life, even though he, yeah. he was kind of, he was kind of strong. He was capable. Then. He was capable. Yeah, yeah good word. Um, yeah. He was capable then, but he he just seemed comfortable. I'm just going to yeah. say, you don't kill bears in the wild and then can stand up to the Warrior of Darkness, who just destroyed Ravana's shield with Steel Cyclone. He he was killing bears naked with a pair of... So that means he has less rocks. things holding him down. The Warrior of Darkness could probably kill them naked with All a right. flint pair pretty All easily. Right. I want to I see you... Go into the Fallens. Okay, we got it. Nothing on your ninja except for a pair of level one daggers, and see how many bears you can kill. All right, done. And and without using any MP or any items or anything. No, I don't need to. I got I got a uh, I got Hutan. There you go. All right. Guarantee. I guarantee you, I can kill at least one bear. All right, at least one. At least and one then, bear. Yeah, and then what? before I lose my patience, <laughs> more or less. Before I lose my patience. Okay. Uh, well, okay. But more importantly, he lost the mad. He lost his. He had his etheric flow disrupted. Mm -hmm. Yashtola suffered a loss also mm -hmm. in that of her actual eyesight. Is this going to play an important role later? Both of them sort of losing these, these senses? Or is this just this is the result of a previous action? I'll take it a little bit further and say all of them. Like, everybody lost something. That's what I'm saying. Oh, uh, yeah, Ida lost her mask. That's about it. Beyond the mask. I, I, <laughs> I think the a... point of Before the Fall is that everyone lost something, including us, uh, and everyone gained something. And the, the sort of way forward for each of the characters that were involved in that scenario is what have they gained and how can they use it? Uh, okay. Right. I just wanna, what are you I'm, giggling I'm like... at? We had this conversation before, okay. before um, the fall. We yeah, before the fall. Before we started the show um, about Thancred. And oh, the mojo. Thing. The mojo. And somebody oh, said in chat, he lost yeah. his mojo. We, yeah, we, yeah, we had that conversation. Yeah. We, yeah, we were thinking yeah. that he lost his mojo. He, yeah. um, Thancred, just like he's been training really hard. Hasn't. Really I mean, we didn't know where winning. he was, so he was a man of mystery. And, yeah, and no one in the locals knew who he was. He was definitely an international man of mystery at that point. So we're thinking that we're going to have to go on some quests with Thancred to kind of find his mojo and get it back. And it's going to end with him sleeping with two Arrow women. One of them's That's a robot. An elegant robot. <laughs> one of them's not even like, like a woman robot. It's just an elegant node. Yeah, just an elegant node with a hole. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, it's otherwise, how's it authentic? Anyway, so not gonna. So they all lost something, but do you think that? Because specifically, I asked because Yustola when Matoya pointed it out said it was sucking the life out, like it was actually killing her. When she's using it, so she's developed this uh, this ability to. I kind of think of it like like the Matrix and like how Neo sort of enters the Matrix. Um, he, she can he knows see. Kung Fu. She can see the sort of noumenal stuff um, when she wants to. So that's that's how she identifies what's wrong with Thancred. She says that basically she examines him, examines his etheric flow, the kind of stuff that they need, like their little you know Charlene yeah. goggles and stuff to do. She can just do it with their eyes. However, she's been told that it's killing her to do so. It's uh, it's basically burning away her essence, and yet she keeps fucking doing it. She's doing it to Thancred. She was doing it before. Um, she needs to learn to control it or it's going to kill her. Um, and I think that it is going to eventually kill her because she's going to be forced to use it and, you know, eventually it's going to leave her crippled. I'm still leaning on Matoya sacrificing herself at some point to restore. Why? Well, no, they're going to kill her for whatever reason. But why? But here's the thing because about Because she's Matoya. old and her knowledge needs to be passed down. Old. It does, like the thing about Matoya is, I don't get how powerful Matoya really is because we haven't really seen anything out of Matoya. I mean, we just know based off of history that you know she's kind of able of, to do things, but we've all had to do it for her. She just hands us the tools. She hands us the tools and say, "Here you go." She's got to tell those brooms, man. She's got to Mickey Mouse that shit and tell those brooms I don't what think it's to about do power for her i think it's just that she's intelligent she's resourceful you know she designed weapons that's what she was doing yeah right i mean uh, I, just, I mean I louis Swa wasn't wasn't particularly powerful before he became phoenix it was pretty fucking powerful he was pretty fucking op yeah I, I disagree. <laughs> he was he was stronger than most than pretty much every other character in the game at that point if you look well that's who, because he was drawing upon all that ether it's just because he knows how to use the tools that he's got exactly how does latoya use it he had the, the tupsamati now I, I have to remind you guys the tupsamati is basically the equivalent of one of nidhogg's eyes it's this yeah. sort of ethereal battery that's not Louis Soir's power. That's just him having a fucking eye level Can I... 450 <laughs> weapon. <laughs> Tube Samadhi, eye level 450 confirmed. Patch so 4.3. That... Yep. Okay, I was about to say patch 5. Okay. Sure. Nah, we'll get there soon. <laughs> sure. We'll get there yeah, soon. But yeah, Matoya, I mean, Matoya just seems, like, to draw the comparison, she seems like Yoda when you first saw Yoda um, in... The set in episode 2? Not not episode two. Count God, no. two. Oh, when okay. Luke when Luke first oh. encounters Yoda and it's like why the fuck is this short little dude bossing me around? I haven't seen him do anything. And then he and then he lifts the freaking um, X wing and then you see how exactly powerful he, he is. We don't. I haven't seen anything from Matoya. She's just well, that's the archetype. That, that's the archetype that she's playing to is that yeah. you find this sort of magical little creature on the side of the road and eventually it turns out to be some <laughs> kind of, of genie. Well, I'd like yeah. to point out that in episode two, Yoda did eventually fight, and it was one yeah. of the greatest yeah, spectacles I mean, of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah two so, and three. So you're so you're you're expecting Yishtola to no be doing, like backflips and uh, uh, sorry Matoya to be doing yeah like, she's backflips. got yeah she's yeah. gonna pull out a lightsaber yeah. and yeah. she's gonna fucking wreck yeah. Elidibus. She's, she's gonna fight Count Dooku. No Elidibus. Yeah. <laughs> Elidibus is Count Dooku in this case. And I also like how yeah, Thanker just kind of joins the story, and he's just like, "Oh, it's kind of it's kind of Dooku." Thanker's just like, "Oh, 
okay, there's bad Both things. A. How did I? <laughs> all right, there's bad. Th all right, fuck it. There we go. How did I not run into you guys? But when I was doing, when you guys were doing the story before, I've been in the hinterlands. It wasn't there yet. That took him a real long time to get there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, he was he was sort of floating through the the live stream for a little while. No, they 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 said when we were in um, when we were asking after him in the forelands. Um, I think we found out that he'd heard of someone who had like defeated Ravana or something when he first arrived at the at the Nath. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he got he got there after us basically. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to point out something in the chat did say Final Fantasy 1 Matoya's quest was to find a crystal eye. Clear yeah. reference. Clear reference mm -hmm. here. I don't remember what it did in Final Fantasy 1, but uh, it, has, it seems to have a very clear use here at the very least. I have a feeling that's going to be, they're going to go after her, the Assians at some point. They're going to go after her for that eye, for that, uh, for that shard. If it's uh, as powerful as she says it is. Don't you mean the Sith? Yeah, the Sith are going to go after her. Yeah. Yeah. Count Dooku's gonna go after Matoya for friggin' for the Force. <laughs> Just get I don't know it. What they can do with it? Well, I think sure. she seems very protective of it. She says, "As long as it never leaves my sight." Yeah, yeah. We have to use it there. We can't take it with us. Don't break it. You know, we have to use it there. Yeah. There's, so did you? Really did you guys? Did you understand the implication of of that? Um, can we talk about that? About the the about the crystal, the crystal itself, yeah. So it's a crystal of light from a previous era, and Matoya explicitly states that these ancient crystals of light are more powerful than modern ones. Um, which confirms this theory that I've had for a long time that the the sort of balance and equilibrium that the Asians keep talking about is actually a state of atrophy that Heidelin is, is slowly getting weaker and weaker and weaker over time, and we're moving slowly towards nihilism, basically, with, with the sort of death and destruction of everything. And that's what the Asians think is the, the sort of um, original state or the perfect state or the, you know, the proper state of being. Um, so, yeah, the ancient crystal light's more powerful. We're... We're going downhill. Heidelin is steadily going downhill, and she's not recovering. And that's probably why they, they don't... It seems like they don't accident... They don't bring um, Umbral Arrows just for the sake of, hey, this Umbral, this Umbral Arrow will be the one Zodiac comes back in. It's almost like every single no. one is a test to see... Or to, to forcefully make Heidelin give up a, a part of her power to set it right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I think you're right. It's basically they they Heidelin's under siege. The the what do they call it? The reckoning. Um, it's not a resummoning of Zodiac like every Umbral era. It's it's the next step towards the state of Zodiac, which is in in my uh, theory anyway, is basically just the opposite of Heidelin. Heidelin is is the the constructive impulse. Zodiacs are the destructive impulse. Once Heidelin is destroyed, that is Zodiac. That is Zodiac coming into being. Yeah, aka that will be our rhapsodies when when the yeah, day comes. Because sure. if, if if the day comes, if that if it ever gets to the point where like I can't even imagine getting to the day where we actually encounter Zodiac. Like that's such a hard day to to place in my head. I don't know about you. Well, it would kind of be like I feel like it would kind of be like how we almost encountered Ralga. 
in yeah. that it, it, it would be a primal, right? Um, mm -hmm. That if you've got something like, like the Limes of Dalamud, they could have, for all intents and purposes, summoned a primal Dalamud. Yeah. Um, I think it's possible if we ever do fight Zodiac that it's going to be like a Zodiac cult and it's going to be like we're so close to like the brink of that destructive state that people are like starting to worship this idea of Zodiac and the summoning of like a Zodiac primal is going to be like that, that final push. It's going to sort of draw that last, you know, little sliver of Heidelin's uh, power. There's a lot anyway, of ways this like, can go. It's pretty open-ended. It's like 7.0. Yeah. It's super open-ended. <laughs> Which is what I liked about this patch, as short as it was. It was super... It it, it, it opened a lot of doors and didn't close yeah. any, but in such ways yeah. that it's... I'm more anticipating it than like, well, that was kind of an underwhelming patch. Mm. I want to see it evolve. But there's one thing that I felt got the shaft this patch. The Dragon Song War. I do not like the develop... I did not like any of the developments here in the Dragon yeah. Song War. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, I kind of felt like the Dragon Song War, yeah, really did take a backseat in terms of everything that happened, and not really a backseat because things we did get some kind of progression in terms of what's happening, what we're going to do. Um, with um, even though Race Falter wasn't there, we kind of had to speak to Vidofnir. Like Vidofnir was Race Falter's, I guess, proxy, I guess. Um, I like that part. I actually liked Vidofnir's involvement. I didn't like the things going on in Ishgard, and I didn't like what happened with Nidhogg in particular. I can agree. That makes sense with... to me. The Nidhogg thing made sense, I reckon. Yeah. Um, because he, he, his, his plan hasn't changed at all. He doesn't want to destroy Ishgard. He, he wants to continue his siege. He wants to continue his sort of slow uh, revenge um, and now he has more power to do that. I think he's just working out what his next step is going to be. I mean, that's the only thing it can really be, because we have Hrace Velger, who all of a sudden is like, yeah, peace, sure. Which is kind of, I don't know, after a thousand years, you think they, they, they make a point to say, oh, you can't just fix this. And then Hrace Velger is like, yeah, no, we could, just, we could try to just fix this. <laughs> I don't think Hrace Velger, what Hrace Velger said to Vidofni was basically like, it's up to you. Vidofnir said, I've got to go ask Dad. And Dad said, I don't give a fuck. You Dad is hanging out with us still. Where is he? Oh, no, he flew away. He, he technically flew away. He technically flew Mid away. But, yeah. Nah, he's still but, hanging out with us. But I, I kind of feel like we kind of, we don't, we have a severed connection with Race Fogger because of the yeah. death of, um, yeah, Sale. Yasale. Um, well, Race Fogger feels like his sort of, time to be involved with his kind of past i think he's he's putting it in the hands of his children he's saying that this this is a problem of the present he says that i'm i'm you know i'm a creature of ancient history um nidhogg and i are, are relics um vidofnir well i mean vidofnir is probably like three thousand years old as well but he does explicitly say to vidofnir that it's it's her decision yeah but did and give her a that message that is interesting did give her an actual yeah. message, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is true. Yeah. But, I mean, well, I first of all, I'm almost 100% positive we're going to have Durgan Daycare dailies. 100%. You were not happy about that last time I brought that up. I, you I, like Tiamat. You said you hated Durgan Daycare. I, I said I hated Durgan Daycare, but I hated it less than 
the you know, Moogle, Moogle's Ward. Like, Moogle's Ward. I, I just thought Durgan Daycare was, they're, they're fucking terrible parents. That's all I'm saying. That's the only reason why I hate it is because they're fucking terrible parents. They don't, it's, you're, you're Durgan Daycare. You, the warrior of light, are Durgan Daycare. They don't, they don't even pay you much either. Got to take care of that. How do they pay us at all is the real question. Anyway, but then with Nidhogg, (laughs) dude took a nap, (laughs) woke up, and just said, I'm leaving, and went someplace else. Now, of course, that is obviously more important than just he left and he peaced out. He's not done. But I like Mm -hmm. how he's got all this power. He's way more powerful than he ever was. If Vishap can almost take down Ishgard with just the first ward taken care of, Nidhogg should be able to demolish. And what are those wards even doing if Adolfnir could just fly into Ishgard? <laughs> I don't know. Well, understand. the wards are down permanently yeah. now. They're gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I say, Nidhogg doesn't want to destroy Ishgard. That's been the whole point of the revelation of the Dragonsong War, is that he could have destroyed Ishgard at any point if he wanted to. Um, his whole idea is about... Uh, converting heretics, turning them into dragons, using them as cannon fodder against Ishgard, and basically having the people of Ishgard believe themselves over centuries and centuries and centuries and centuries. If he destroys Ishgard, he thinks that, you know, death is is too good for these people. You know, that's too easy. That's too simple. So Um, so he's not not interested in that. So do you think, um, to kind of bring up what happened in Ishgard, do you think um, that the attempt on Emmerich was in fact a heretic but that was no kind of quote quote unquote well I think he, okay. I don't think he's asking just because obviously we know with the priest and yeah. their involvement I think he's going a further step down if that priest decision wasn't influenced at in any way by Nidhogg I don't think it is because he seems completely no. devout yeah. of uh of Ishgardian faith I, I thought that that was actually really interesting, is that the, the remaining sort of priests uh, have decided that Emmerich's performed the coup d'etat. Um, I was expecting the, the conflict to come from the bottom, to come from the broom, yeah. um, because, because it was already stirring. You know, it was already stirring in, in 3.0. People are getting really dissatisfied. Now they know the truth. Now that they know that the whole, uh, you know, the whole system of, of the houses uh, is based on a lie that everyone there is descended uh, from the knights and that there is absolutely no reason why, you know, these people should be dukes and, duchess, and duchesses and we sh- shouldn't. Right. Um, so I was expecting a revolution to come from below. I was expecting us to have to kind of deal with that. I was expecting something like the French Revolution um, rather than the, the, the kind of opposite that's happening now. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it's, it, didn't, it didn't sit right with me. It felt well, really, it's, it almost really seems weird. like the ones up top are manipulating the ones down below who are somewhat on that fence, but they're just as dissatisfied with the idea of change as... Um, but that's, that's the thing, is that, yeah. is that now the people of the broom are suddenly on the fence, whereas yeah. before they were, they were basically... And they're just reaching the one the side of the fence. Right. And they're yeah. looking on that side of the fence that wants to see things stay the same for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they could have done that better, to be honest. I still want to know where the hell Nidhogg flew off to. Because I still have the thought that he went to go see one of his brothers or sisters, one of the remaining ones. Because we know we have Rotoskir, Heisfelger, Tiamat, Nidhogg. We still there's have... Only, there's one. There's one left. One left. And their name is? Come on. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Well, we know we got Omega and... 
Use your words. Is we talking about Midgard Summer? No, we got a mega weapon. Oh, and Shinryu. Yes, Shinryu. Shinryu's got to be the last one. I thought you were saying Omega is one of the things. Like that's not just one of the dragons. We no, we were trying. Yeah, no, 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 Shinryu. No, no, no. So, so Shinryu. Yeah. Do we think that that's where he went off to to try and find a brother in arms? Maybe, maybe we're we're about to get because uh, I think that. Um, and I was surprised we didn't see anything of um, of him this patch. What's oh god? What's his name? The Alamegan, the one that cut off Rabon's arm, Ilbert. Hilbert, yeah. Uh, yeah, we haven't we haven't seen anything of him this patch. My theory for him is that he's going to end up going after Omega Weapon because he's going to use it to to try and you know, um, liberate what Alamigo. What the fuck is going on in Uldai? I just realized we didn't even touch upon the fact that they're still technically in a state of exactly. like discord. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, they're still fucked. Um, but because um, because Ilbert was so involved with that sort of plan to dig up uh, Omega Weapon, I reckon he's going to go for that and he's going to go after. Uh, Alamigo, and I think that we're going to get uh, Shinryu showing up then, and it would be kind of convenient if yeah. Nidhogg and Shinryu were somehow in cahoots in some way. I think that would be quite interesting, and it would tie the two arcs, I guess, of Ishgard and of Uldar uh, together. I'm also curious. So when we when the Heavens Heavensward trailer first came out, we were told not every scene there was depicted in 2.55 or would be depicted in 3.0. I'm still of the mm -hmm. mind the final invasion that is shown in the Heavensward trailer is a culmination of the end of the events of our expansion. The ultimate assault on Ishgar. Because that is not... I do not believe that's the steps of faith. No, because no, the, the, wards, the wards are down. Sid's already in the city. The Warrior of Light's already in the city. He's a, he's a dragoon now, not dead yet, unlike the one that just landed in the mouth of a dragon after, like, two seconds of fighting. Do mm. we think that this is the precursor to that invasion? Because even though you said they wanted to bleed him dry, maybe he's tired of bleeding them dry at this point. They know the truth at this point, so what's the point in bleeding them dry anymore? They know. Well, it doesn't make any difference whether they know or not, does it? I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't because of him that they didn't know before. Um, he wasn't the one that was hiding the truth. That was entirely uh, Haldoreth and and but, the knights. But they still do know. Like it's not now they know he's doing this thing and they know. Maybe that makes it worse. Maybe they yeah. know they are killing brethren. But maybe it also is sort of a necessary thing at this point. They understand. Okay, well, you know that's I them think now. The threat. I think the threat to Nidhogg is that now that the Ishgardians know and they're making sort of peace signs towards the dragons is that Nidhogg might find some of his uh, brethren turning, turning against, against him. him. Yeah. yeah. And I've been saying, and this is the other thing that I, I think was really conspicuously missing from the main scenario this time around, is that I've always been thinking that what is going to cause that shift is the dragons all but Nidhogg realizing the threat that, uh, that the Garleans are posing in Azazelah and being so close to getting their hands on the, the same technology that allowed the neuralinking of the Mercidians. And I think that that is the, the thing that will ultimately motivate uh, an alliance between Ishgards and Dragons. I mean, like a formal military alliance. Um, but including Nidhogg? No, no, he's the only Nidhogg. one on his own. Yeah, I think that's gonna. I think that's gonna be the thing that that destroys Nidhogg is that all of his children are gonna be like, we need to deal with these Garlands, and Nidhogg's just completely. He's he's mad. He's he's right. there's nothing else exists except for this Ishgard conflict, and they're gonna realize that that he's just a psychopath and and sort of you know peace out. Um, so the fact that the Garland situation didn't 
advance at all, not explicitly anyway. I mean, some things have changed in Azaslar and we'll come to that in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that that was really conspicuous and I thought that that was quite disappointing to me because that, that's the one thing that I was really, really holding out for this patch. Well, we still got more dragons to talk about, so I guess we can't worry about that at this point. There's nothing to worry about, unfortunately, other than the thing we'll talk about in Asus Law towards mm-hmm. uh, towards the end of this. But mm-hmm. we have to. We talked about Harris Velger. We talked about uh, we talked about Nidog. Vidofnir showed up in Ishgard. This is the second yeah. time a dragon has shown up in Ishgard at this point uh, without mm-hmm. being completely just stabbed. Not being Sa- shot down. Not being shot down. So saved a child even in front of Ishgardian people. Which is kind of so. As soon as I saw him holding over the edge, I was like, "Vadofnir's gonna." I like. I I saw yeah. two minutes into the future. Like they're yeah. not gonna show this little girl hit after like dropping five hundred feet, blood everywhere. I believed it for a second when they showed everyone else. I was like, "Is she just gonna?" <laughs> oh no, no! Please don't let her Flat. hit the ground. Flat. Yeah. Is this a good thing or a bad thing for Ishgard that Vadofnir shows up? Because they kind of imply that it's not just a good thing. It, I think it is a good thing, because um, you got to remember. And if anybody doesn't remember, Midgardstormer um, showed up first. He was the first one to ever showed up on uh, Ishgardian soil. Of um, all the dragons to show up, too, right? Yeah, of all. Uh, but yeah, I think there could have been worse. There could have been worse than Midgardstormer. But um, yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, I, it kind of gives me the sense that. Maybe Guardsormer got the word out. You know, everything's semi-okay. I mean, um, the thing for me is that it seemed like it, it settled the people of the broom, but still not the higher-ups. Like, the people of the broom mm-hmm. now all of a sudden are more on the fence of, you know, the dragons are okay. Like, we can trust dragons yeah. now. Whereas the people up top are even worse. They're like, fuck. It's going to drive that wedge. It's going to drive that wedge deeper. It's going to be not only is Emmerich committed a coup, He's also consorting with the enemy. Um, and there's going to be, you know, they're, they're zealots. There's, there's no way around that. And I thought we'd killed them all. But apparently we haven't. So we still got to re- do that. What really pissed me off about this, and this is what pissed me off about the story, a part of the story in general, um, Vidofner shows up, saves a kid. Here's what daddy says. Bye. Yeah, like, what kind fix- of meeting was that? Yeah, that was like... If you wanted to get, if you, if we wanted this sort of peace, like we have the time. Yeah, you know what? I thought that she would be there, like from now on, like as an NPC. Yeah, know? like you know what though? The ambassador. The message she brought was kind of a yeah, message. Yeah, she was like, it's like we can't, we can't even worry about this right now. There's other shit you need to worry about. Bye. And yeah. also, I think, I think the that what she did as she showed up, I think she sort of realized that like it couldn't have gone any better than that. She's like, nothing I say could trump. She dropped this. the mic. Yeah, <laughs> she did her own little controller mic drop. Like that's it. You're welcome, Ishgard. <laughs> and um, she was she was also very polite to the humans. It's like she didn't she didn't treat them. She called them mortals. That's about it. And that can piss some of the especially the zealots off. Because it's almost like a means of looking down, but it's to the dragons, it's a factual observation. I yeah. will live long, and you will live a short life. So that's just how they look at it. Well, so there's just there's just so many things. Not the things we all wanted, because you know garlands and whatnot. But there's a lot of things going on here. 
that all are now going to make 3.2, I feel, one of the better story patches. I still think 3.1 is better story-wise than the majority of the Realm Reborn patches in terms of the developments up until maybe 2.5. Yeah. yeah. 2.4 also had some really good ones, especially with Ramu as a primal. I felt like he so far is the most interesting pure primal, not like a person having a primal summoned into them. Uh, mm. But I still think that 3.1 was more interesting than 2.1, 2.2, and 2.3. I personally feel that way regarding what had happened, regarding the conflicts. I was at the edge of my seat for this. I was not at the edge of my seat for 2.1, 2.2. I think that's 2. fair. 3. I think the most yeah. interesting things about. 2.1 through to 2.3 was the the coil storyline really that oh was, yeah the coil storyline was and yeah. then honestly in two in in 2.0 the coil storyline sucked it was hey we're here oh, no 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 sorry. let's 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 remember how what had happened we show up holy shit this is big that's his wing all right see in four fucking turns show up wow this is his hand oh and then there's louis swan yeah. and nail and then we're done but it, you got to remember it was about the Garlands in 2.0. It was about the Garlands yeah. have gotten to yeah. Dalamud first, and they're going to get all this elegance. And shit. that never came to fruition after they initially said that was the concern. Like, that was, no, that was the didn't. initial concern going in that just wasn't the concern going out. Yeah. It was, why is, why is that grandfather? Granddad? What are you, yeah. What, why are you Happy. Okay. What are you doing here? Why is Nail here? What's going on? Why are you guys just looking at me? I liked it. It was all right. I mean, it was it was hard to top just the trailer that came prior, and then two point three and I'm sorry, two point two and two point four blew blew it off off the hinges with the the coil story Ooh, yeah. there. So there's only one thing that's super important left. There's other like little things we could still talk about, but the post completion cutscenes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Did Square Enix go to the Marvel school Yeesh. of doing stories where you just you, yeah. you do the whole thing, you say, hey, it's done. Wait, oh. wait till the credits end. Wait till the credits end, and then you have the teaser for the next one. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Could you imagine Joss Whedon writing a patch? Yes. Oh, absolutely. That would be so fucking good. <laughs> that would be so good. Absolutely. We'd so, get so much done. <laughs> we'd get a lot more things. There's a lot of things we'd get done faster if they do it certain ways. So uh, the first thing it shows is some sort of library. It looks akin to the Gabal. I don't know if that's where it was, but it shows Udeon J, Elidibus, and it the was. Warrior of Darkness. It was Gabal? Yeah, it was absolutely Gabal. Okay. It was yeah, I saw the chained the the chained books on the wall and whatnot, and I couldn't tell. Udeon J, Elidibus, and the Warrior of Darkness looking over a book that proves something that Elidibus was trying to get through to Udeon J. Now did you notice the name? I did, but book? I completely forgot. Like I was looking for I was looking for a uh, comparison and then i just forgot to finish my thought so it was called the oracles of gerun gerun and who is gerun who is gerun gerun heard that name before. he is from final fantasy 12 oh that's the why i don't realize of the Ocuria, oh which is a that's my theory of... that was my theory hey. that i came up with i should know this it's a group of supernatural beings that control fate so we've got uh, the Asians talking about how, uh, you know, this, this atrophy that we're talking about is fate. It's the natural progression of the world. And then they're referring to a book which has a reference to a character in Final Fantasy XII, which is about perverting and controlling fate. So he's using this to coerce, or he's using this to try to coerce uh, 
Orion J. What's going on there? Well, to me, it seems like Orion J has always kind of felt that he was in the right, that his progression was sort of natural fate. Mm-hmm. He's Elidivus is coming in and trying to tell him this is that this is your fate that that uh, what everything you thought was your fate was wrong no this is your fate and Orion J yeah. is for the first time in his entire life questioning the decisions he makes and uh, if they've ever had any is? merit I think he's taking it into serious consideration I think that he I don't think he's just like now nah, you're full of shit I think he actually is starting to believe it I think he's playing them I don't now there's one good reason I will take knowledge. you up on that. But we'll talk about that in a second. Not even for the knowledge. I think he knows exactly what they're doing. I think he's playing them. I think I think that he knows that they think of him as the one that is driven by reason, by pure reason, yeah. uh, and not by you know love of the realm and love of his friends and all of that sappy bullshit that the other scions are all about. Um, so they think that they can manipulate him by showing him reason um, for which side he should be on. And presumably that may or may not be something that they've done to the Warriors of Darkness as well. I think that he knows what they're doing. And I think that he's playing along and he's trying to get into that inner circle. And I'm with Sly. I think it all comes back to Moonbreeder. I think we're going to get a story of Rian J. We're going to get a full turnaround. And we're going to get a story in a couple of patches about, you know, uh, love trumping reason. And uh, Rian J is on our side and he's going to be absolutely pivotal and absolutely essential to preventing whatever it is that Elidibus is trying to do. But we're going to think that he's on Elidibus' side for a long time, I believe. That's, okay. And I'll, you know what? I'll give you something to back that up. How about that? There's another person in that library. There is. And they are very likely in cahoots with him. And may only know that he's there because it's a, you know, he's trying to get in the inner circle. No. We we know who that is, right? Like, there's no guess. People maybe said it was Alice, but you know that's been Philia, right? I think it's Alice. I think it's. I think it's Alice. I don't know. I think it's. I think Minfilia got Alice's boots. I know it's, it's her boots. boots. I know it's her boots. boots. So what? It's boots. You're saying she changed clothes before? You're saying she could have changed boots? And also, it's really strange to put her in after the Coil story, even though we said that we would probably see her in the future. What happens? Are they going to now develop... Well, now they have to develop different text based on if we completed the Coil story with her going forward. No, they don't. No, they don't. Because when when we finish the Coil story, she basically says that this can never come to light. We're going to part ways, and we're never going to talk about this again. This never happened. Uh, uh, Phoenix never happened. Bahamut's gone. That's all anybody needs to know. Uh, and I think she's going to be consistent to that. I think Alizé needs to come back. She hasn't been in the main story since 2.0, right. um, since her and Alfino sort of parted ways. And they reconciled at the end of uh, of Coil, and we need to see a sort of, uh, I guess, follow-up to that Develop. or reaffirmation of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think she needs to come back into the story. Um, I, I think it's Alizé. I really do. The only really, really so do. the first reason why I thought it was Minfilia is the cutscene that follows mostly, the involvement yeah. in that we're missing three scions still. Right. Yeah, I can see why you thought that. I can yeah. definitely see why. And you I thought still that. do and think that they may want us to deliberately think it's it's Alice or something. But I am still yeah. I'm still landing on it, it, being Minf- it being Minfilia. I think I that like it to be Minfilia in a way. Because I would too. Her, it makes her useful. Yeah, I mean she's doing something useful. Also, the idea regardless. She's 
regardless of Xavier. regardless of who it is, I think that the entire point of showing that there was that person there, there's no way they just followed to that area. Like I refuse to accept the idea that they just followed Urianjay and the Asian and the Warrior of Darkness to this library. Whoever that is, I feel like does actually know that Urianjay is is working with them, but knows a little bit more so than the Asian and the Warrior of Darkness do. But Alize is incredibly resourceful. That was the whole point of her role in the in the Cola storyline is that she's much smarter than Alphano thinks she is, and in many ways she's much smarter. And, and didn't more resourceful show it all too much till the very end, though. She didn't really yeah. show. She was very very tempted to fall yeah. off off of her uh, off of her path. That's what that's what that's what Alphino thought. Yeah. And I think that that was the point of it, is that Alfino had been underestimating her the whole time, and that she actually had a lot of things that he doesn't have. Um, I think that Alfino walked, uh, sorry, Alizé walked from away from Alfino, not the other way around. Alfino needs people around him. He needs to feel like he's sort of moving pieces and stuff like that. Alizé is quite happy to go off and do her own thing. She doesn't need nobody. Um, <laughs> she doesn't need and, no man. Yeah, well that's, you know. <laughs> She's I, an I, independent I knew, I knew, Ellison who don't need no man. Uh, I exactly. really think that she that she's been watching everything that we've been doing and she's been watching it far removed enough that she's not being watched by the people that are watching us, if that makes any sense. So I think that if anyone could move around without the notice of the Asians uh, or, you know, uh, potentially Telegi or anyone else that, that that is keeping tabs on us and on the signs, it would be Alizé. So... When the Warrior of Darkness n notices something, I initially interpreted that as detecting somebody else with the echo. That was another thing that led to me thinking it could have been Penphilia. Because it doesn't just seem like he hears a noise. He has this inherent thing. When he runs into the Warrior of Light, they all kind of do that whole, ugh, something's going on thing. And yeah, as soon as he's... The, with the echo, you can detect... See. You can sort of detect anyone. It's not just other people yeah. with the echo. The, the only exception being the fact that the Warrior of Darkness couldn't detect Thancred because he apparently is sort of invisible in terms of ethereal Magic. activity. Yeah. yeah. But you notice that like all the time through the, the main scenario, through 2.0 to 3.0, is that the Warrior of Light has the same sort of pre-conscious. He looks before they not... walk around the corner. Yeah, and it's not it's not just when silence turn up. It's when yeah. anyone turns up and he's never you're never particularly surprised when someone shows up. You're just like, Oh hey, yeah. Yeah, so you come in. I knew that. That's up. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I think I think it's just it it, it is the echo, but I don't think it's just it, it's not like, you know, Jedi sensing other Jedi. It's a, that it's would a be pretty sense. cool. Just a spider mm. sense to me. Yeah, basically. And Spider Man's got pretty shitty reactions considering it's a spider sense, so <laughs> Bullshit! The car hit me. Nope, not buying it. Not well, have you seen a spider? Have you seen a spider dodging bullets? Yeah. Like spider sense. Go try to shoot. Go try to shoot a spider off a wall right now. Tell me how well it goes. You you go do I think that. It would go pretty well. You go I think do that. Go I'm gonna go fight a bear naked. All right, that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Now, now we have our now we have our homework for next month. You know what? You just you just insisted on the short straw there. I'm I'm quite. Happy <laughs> it's like yeah, I'll shoot a spider with a gun, and you'll go fight a bear naked. That sounds like a great a great fair. agreement. Yeah, that sounds, sounds that sounds fair. fair. Yeah. Okay, so so like I said, one of the reasons I am still somewhat leaning towards Mephiles, even with Alice's boots, 
Mm-hmm. And I do accept that it is, I'll say was the first thought I had, but I leaned towards him in Philly after a short time. It was the next cutscene that followed that really kind of made me think, well, they're showing us that they're trying to tease us towards the location of the remaining three scions. And I'd like to mm-hmm. point out we have 2.2, 2.3, 2.4, and then 2.5 is usually a finale. Or, I'm sorry, 3.2, 3.3, 3.4, and then 3.5 will probably have a finale-esque thing where everyone fucking falls apart again. Who the hell knows? But the following cutscene shows us what Ida and, pa- and Papa Limo are up to. doesn't even try to hide it. It just says, no, yeah, this is, this is them. We, we know you guys yeah, know. We yeah, know that up. you guys know that that is Ida and that is pa- Papa Limo. Like, we're not going to hide it. And where they are, I'm not the only one who thinks that's all Amigo. Am I? Nope. Yeah, they're, they're with the Alamego re- resistance. They're obviously, like, off on the border of, of East Shroud and Alamego. Um, and that's what they're doing. I don't think there's any other possible interpretation for that. And what strikes me more is that they put their current task above finding the other Scions. Like, they even said it outright. Like, this, they're we more can't important. stay here. We... They said we can't stay here forever. We can't stay here forever, but this mm. is more important right now than getting back to our, our brethren, so to speak. Mm. Why? I don't know. Isn't that the Scion's whole point? Maybe they see the approaching, like they see the Imperials are going to be making a move towards Eorzea and being and using the resistance is kind of uh, forestalling that at the very least. Or making some sort of headway back in. It's very likely they're going to lead some sort of resistance that gets us control of Alamigo back in 3.5 or 3.55 for us to use it as a city hub in 4.0. Well, I think I think it's likely that they were they sort of escaped from Uldar uh, by virtue of resistance members that they were sort of smuggled out of there and they found themselves mm-hmm. in a resistance camp. And then after they recovered and all that, they were like, "These people need our help. We need." We have to remember, out. yeah, they didn't teleport. No, they didn't. no, they but didn't teleport. Another thing I remember about that is after the whole two point five to like hour, two hour cutscene, whatever. Um, if you go back into Uldah and you talk to certain um, soldiers, mm. they pretend they they are trying to pretend like you're not there, like they don't see you. So yeah. I, it, it can A lot be of them are sympathetic. Yeah. yeah, it can be assumed that they kind of work with Papalimo and Yida to get out of Ulda. Mm. So the breaking of the Link Pearl. Because at an earlier point in the story, one of the hints towards their location was that they found their Link Pearls, but they were broken. Is this part of keeping them out of wraps, perhaps, as they went to the Resistance area? Perhaps the Imperials have a way of detecting Link Pearl communications, or there's some insider? An insider, maybe they're afraid somebody well, we, else had frequencies. We know that we know that there's Garland insiders in Uldar. Yeah, yeah. We know that we know that they know basically everything that we knew up until two point five. Um, so I think that they've just decided to go off the radar. They've realized that they've they've been betrayed um, by kind of moving with their, their heads up, um, and they need to kind of turn the clock back to zero. Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a place to go to turn it back to zero. You're dialing up the four if you ask me. Well, I, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, we've been speculating that for ages that it's got it's got to be El Amigo. Like, absolutely. It has to be. And we're going to be absolutely. swimming, right? We're going to have swimming mounts. I know I don't want it either. Nope. Okay. We're going to have more griffins. There's going to be a lot more griffins. Yeah, definitely. Why are they still hiding Ida's face? We've seen her eye 
why like I, I, they put so much effort into hiding her face in those cutscenes. Like just they showed her chest, they showed the back of her head, they showed Papa, uh, Papa Limo's face. Maybe but, she's a Galilean. That would be, well. She's wearing that's a, that's a that's a kind of decent theory, and the only reason I say that is because of what they did to uh, Lucia. I mean, Luc- yeah. Lucia's strategic. Like whenever, whenever place. anyone has got exactly, whenever anyone's got cover, something covering their forehead, they seem to be a fucking gullion, don't they? And, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess then that either begs one one of two things: either the Alamigans have to know that if they're hiding the face from us, but she's not hiding her face from them, so they could see her as someone who knows the ins and outs and can get in there or they uh, or the the turbans covering it over her forehead still they have no idea and they're just there and i have no idea why they're hiding her face still mm. Mm. other than that she's horribly maimed after the after lb3 those yeah, things that's, that's, only... that's possible as well that her face is just fucked up yeah like from her own lb yeah she fucking limit breaks like, so hard um, uh, but, what's, what, what's but why the... would Papalimo be okay then because he was behind her. <laughs> he was standing off on the side. He was busy but casting... But LB uh... took out everything. everything. Yeah, I mean, it made us believe they, they killed themselves <laughs> in the crossfire. They tried to make it seem like they killed themselves in the crossfire. Even though they said, yeah, we're not going to die here. They even said it. Like, ah, this isn't... This is nothing. Oh, well. I'll say, I don't know. I'm still excited to see, like, a, t- uh, a, a tip or a hint towards Alamigo. Even though we've kind of already known it's the, it's one of the remaining city states that we don't have control of Ishgard now that we have control of that. Mm-hmm. So, with that, there's one last thing in the main story, one final final thing that was mentioned in the post post cutscene in a single word, the triad. One word. They said triad once. One time. Yep. Yep. My original theory is the Asians basically wanted to pull a Final Fantasy VI. And disrupt the warring triad to bring about some sort of umbral calamity. Mm-hmm. That seems to be uh, moving forward a little bit because the triad changed this patch. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. The moss. There's moss growing out of the triad now. It's not just moss. It's not just moss. You you look at their surfaces and they were sort of like gilded kind of some kind of plate metal like gold or something. Yeah. Um, and they're turning into bark. Oh, so X-Death. The tree. So that's the tree. Got it. <laughs> Final Fantasy 5 and 6 five combined. And six. <laughs> here's, here's, another one. here's another one for you. And, and I haven't quite uh, joined the dots here yet. But okay. it's sort of rattling around in my head. Uh, with a sightseeing log, the cathedral you see uh, at Azaslaw, that is apparently Mericidian. Um, but it's not draconic it was built by a race of sentient tree creatures that were native to mericidia and the allegans decided to basically lift it uh up to azasla to preserve it and study it so the fact that you've got that and you've got the warring triad seeming to turn to bark at the moment there might be some link to the maybe their mericidian primals that would explain why Alec was involved with them. Yeah. Um, it could be that, you know, they dealt with the dragons and then suddenly they're like, oh shit, there's, there's tree people and there's more primals. Um, <laughs> like I say, I haven't quite drawn the dots yet, but there's, there's, some, there's definitely something to that. There's something going on there. 
Well, glad to see there's a lot of dots that are actually... See, that's the thing, though. They they, they originally made it seem like the triad was part of the side story quest. They pulled it back into the main story. The side story quest mm -hmm. being the, Eld, the uh, Gods of Eld side story quests with the extreme primals. Is there... They're gonna come. Is that gonna come to fruition? Is that gonna be sort of a further sort of backstory to the triad, or is that going to be used as some sort of means through which we have to discover what's going on in the main story? Because it's really odd to have it in two different places, which seems to be where they're going with Kryl too, to have it in two separate well, I places. Think, I think the point of that side story with the extreme primals is just to give us a reason for the extreme primals, um, rather than. Uh, putting in the main scenario quest and like they did through 2.0 having to do all of the you know the the political bullshit and all the cutscenes and this is why they're summoning them again it's literally just all of these primals want a shot at the warring triad they all want a shot at that big juicy melon of ether um and that's that's all that we need to say about it um okay. so that's never they're never going to get it and that means we can deal with the warring triad in the main scenario quest uh at the same time you have answers to everything, don't you? At this, he does. that's why he's. That's why we bring him on to these, <laughs> so he can make our theories look shit, and his always look fantastic because they're always so well researched. Uh, I try. I well, try. well researched is a good thing. Yeah, I'm mm. just picturing one of Ephesus' walls in his room. Like, yeah, he, yeah, kinda, he's he's got he's the got conspiracy FBI wall. wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. got the FBI wall. Yeah. Seriously, yeah, put he, that he, wall behind he you. The middle. Every yeah, patch, no, 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 I want it to be the wall behind you. Every patch, I want to see, like, new pieces of paper on <laughs> that wall. And don't, and don't explain them. Let everyone in the chat see the new, like, connections being made. Be That's fun. And, and try to, like, figure it out when you come on the show for the patch. So who do you, who do you think is at the center of the web, Sly? Who's the puppet master? Who's the puppet master? Yeah. Don't come on. I was gonna say a block of fucking cheese. <laughs> the goblins. Yes. Uh. Oh, we'll have to find out, won't we? It, it, yeah. It, at the center of the web is just a recipe for cheese. Yeah. That's what it. Comes that's to it. It all comes recipe. back. That's what the Asians are after. That's what the goblins here. are after. That's what the Moogles <laughs> are after. They want picnic baskets for the cheese. There you go. Come on, you got to give us an answer, Sly. I couldn't say. I couldn't say. I, I know it after being introduced the idea, I think Rodion Jay is at the center of the web. After if if anyone's at the center, I think Ethis's theory most holds true. It's either him or Alice or Minfilia. I think it's gotta be one of those three. Based I really on... hope it's Minfilia because it Minfilia just it would make it would make her character Xavier, she's Professor Xavier. <laughs> but I don't think it's a But what the fuck is she doing then if that's not her? Where the I... fuck did she go? The only reason She's I can't say is because the only reason I can't say because I don't think it's a character we've met yet or we've it it might be a character Golf? that we know no, not not even <laughs> he's dead he's leave, it, dead. leave him dead leave him dead right. I think I want to say that it's an Asian it's an Asian that we don't know but it's a person we know oh so somebody under the influence of a dark crystal pretty much mm. cool because that or that brings no, up a little bit of history. Uh, or they've been under the influence of the Dark Crystal the entire time, and we just didn't know it. Or they had a good similar to how Thancred operated back in A Realm Reborn yeah. until like about three fourths of the way through it. I mean, Elidibus's character has always kind of been like, if you if you don't, if you don't know how he operated in tactics, he was basically under the uh, guise of a mortal for a very long time. 
um, until you finally encounter him and you find out just exactly what he is, where he is. But he mm -hmm. looks completely human until you encounter him. And that mm -hmm. leads, and with the Asians always kind of hiding behind a mask, it's hard to tell what they'll really be like, you know, behind that mask in the, at the end of the day. So there is some merit to that. There's always the chance that Lydibus is playing a role in the story that we don't know that he's playing. Because mm -hmm. he's, at this point, I don't give a fuck about all the other Asians. It's all about Lydibus at this point. He is the center of it all. I agree. I yeah. agree. There's nine, mm -hmm. what, nine other Asians I think, left that aren't dead? There's three that are dead, I think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, dead. We are assuming that what we did worked. And that also, the one... Oh, they did. Yeah. They did. They the only thing, the only thing I've seen is people... checks out. <laughs> the only thing I've seen people argue is that when La Habrea was sucked into the eye, like when Nidhogg dies, that he may be set free of any kind. I don't think so. I think he's gone. He's done yeah. so. Yeah. 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 So... Holy shit, that was a lot of main story. For for it took us as long to talk about the main story as the main story was. It took us longer, I think. We were able to draw more conclusions about it than its actual length. And I still and we still didn't touch upon a there's a bunch of things we still got to touch upon, small little uh hints. Overall, ignoring the length, what would you give the main story? We did this last week, but after this conversation, Give it a rating. What would you, if you had to talk about this with other people, what kind of rating would you give this Patch's main story? Ethis, since you're our guest and lore man, I'll let you go before me. Oh, fuck you know He doesn't like rating. grading. Jesus. I don't like grading. Right, you it. Can, I, I you enjoyed can... it. I enjoyed it. It was good. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was going to say, you can, you can give me either very bad, bad, good, great, wonderful. Those are your, that's your, that's your grading score. <laughs> It was, oh, that, it that's was his good. rubric? Good, that's okay. Rubric. So, so it got a C. It gave me... It was good because it gave me lots of material. There you go. Sly, so you give it a 7.3? <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I already see it in the chat, too. Uh, and Mike gives it a... <laughs> I was... You know, you know what was funny? I was gonna name this episode... I was gonna name this episode, episode 38.3. .3. I was seriously <laughs> considering it. I give it an eight. I give it an eight. An eight. Okay. Barring barring any like like length, the length of the story of the main story and whatnot, I give it an eight. It's I give it. A, I give it a seven point five. Um, oh, we're using decimals now, huh? Yeah, but yeah. I did point five last time because point five is a normal fucking decimal, not point three. Come on. <laughs> I'm not even gonna bring this up. Go ahead. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. Oh, you guys. Are oh man. So. <laughs> So anyway, uh, only because it didn't touch upon some of the things I really wanted to see. Like Ethis brought up with the Garleans, yeah. for example. I didn't like the whole... I didn't like the way the Dragon Song War specifically evolved in this patch. As much as I liked the questions that it brought up. Um, but I liked I liked Trial. I liked the Warrior of Darkness. I was a fan of Thancred's uh, Resurgence. I was a fan of learning about all those characters and seeing their actual character development that they never got in all of A Realm Reborn. Pretty much, including mm -hmm. Ishtola and Alphano. Humor, characters, all good, just didn't like the way some of the directions went. I'm taking away quite a few points for that, only because it was I wasn't fully satisfied at the end of it. I'm still gonna fucking point five out of it. Yeah, point five. It didn't take a whole point, it took half a point. It didn't take point seven of a point. What, what what model number are those headphones? Are they like uh, an 8.3? They have Dolby 8.3 in them? <laughs> 7.5.3. <laughs> oh, 
They're Olympic scores. Yeah, if the Olympics can do it, I can. Yeah, from when? From when? You can I get a quote for that? Can somebody tweet? Can somebody tweet that quote out? If the Olympics can do it, I can do it. <laughs> can somebody please quote that and put it on Twitter and tweet at us all? And do hashtag SOTR or hashtag DreamNet TV, please. Please do that. Uh, if you look at figure skating and you see all the scores, they are point something. It, now I know what you watch at the Olympics. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Sly loves figure skating. Confirmed. You're not wrong with <laughs> Alright, well, guess what? We still only did half of the show so far. Damn. I guess that depends on how long this part takes. We got to talk about the Void Arc, which was really, really well implemented for its first appearance. Like, this is how impactful Alexander should have felt when we were introduced yeah. to him. I and agree. as much as I don't doubt Alexander's going to get better, I the Void Arc was just so more, so much more interesting. Well, when we were complaining about Alexander, like a couple of months ago, we were basically saying, well, it kind of loses impact because it wasn't hinted at before because there was nothing sort of leading into it. I mean, we didn't even have a name for the Miyachi before 3.0. Sorry. There was like, there was like a Miyachi-shaped hole, but, um, well, what are we, what are we giggling at? <laughs> yeah, he likes skating. Have you seen him twirl? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that, have you seen that gif? At yeah. This? Oh, okay, good. Yeah. I had to make sure. Yeah. I was dying over that. I just, <laughs> yeah. It, it just, it yeah, makes so see. much sense because now I picture him in a tutu and it's, it's, it's beautiful. I can't wait till I do something that Sly has like way better than just be forgetting my name. I can't wait to see Sly go off on yeah, you don't fuck up nearly half enough. Oh, it's I no do. Fun. Sly just doesn't. No Sly just doesn't pick up on it enough. <laughs> well, that's because he can't see you. It's not fair. He, he, just watch, this he watches the stream. Face. He watches the stream alongside of it, so he can uh, see. He just sees it yeah, twenty seconds yeah, yeah. later. I know that because yeah. whenever I I mess with him, he's you know. We love you, Sly. I know. We actually love you, especially Ethis. That's why he shared a box with you. Yeah. Actually, you shared your box yeah, with him. I'm, you love but, him. We're box brothers. Yeah, you're, box. you're not box men, you're box brothers. Yeah. So Void Arc. Box man, you open up the box, and it's got Sly and Ethis snuggled up. <laughs> and that's another thing that someone needs to Photoshop over on Twitter, please. <laughs> I know some of you yeah, can do right. it. Void Arc. Void, Void Arc. Arc. Yeah, change the topic. So we've got, we've got the Miyachi. And, Miyachi. And like you're saying, it, it did have like this really powerful impact, even though, like... Alexander, there wasn't really much leading into it from A Realm Reborn. Um, so you're right. Like, that's, that's how you open a story. It was, it was fucking awesome. It was great. I also love, love that leading up to it, we had that arc out in, before we even knew the arc, like, it was something people were talking about, just this ghost ship. It was, it's as much to them in the game, the characters, a mystery as it was to us when we first started yeah. spotting it as actual players. UFO! Yeah. UFO! What the hell is this? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that's that's a very good way to throw in a story, similar to the way they're doing the triad right now. You know, it's it's nice yeah. to see those changes before they're relevant. So, do you think from here on in, in terms of like any new story elements or anything, we'll see kind of little nods at it first throughout the throughout the world through? Um, like I think it makes its something? impact on the world more relevant. Yeah, you, you I know? mean, there's no there's no reason they shouldn't. I mean, eventually, Ed is going to come back, and we're going to say the same thing. Oh, yeah, fuck, they did that really well. Um, 
Yeah, and they There's did no because her, they, they've her been planning her, things far enough ahead. Yeah, because yeah. her ghost isn't there a ghost in Idleshire too? People have been talking about a, a ghost lady in Idleshire. I know there's. That's I know. Nice to me. I know. Edda's ghost occasionally still appears in the cities. In Gridania. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember somebody mentioning a ghost in Idleshire as well. I'd have to. I'd have to have somebody actually confirm it for me because I haven't noticed it. Mm. But mm. some people have mentioned it to me that there's a ghost. So she there. just left. No, there. not an Edda ghost. Some sort of different. Uh, a different ghost. And some oh. people think that the the friggin' little kid is a ghost too. That's why she's not there all the time. I don't think that's the case. There's one in the pillars too. There's a ghost lady in the pillars as well, apparently. Assuming okay. that that's uh, true, but like things like that just make the world more exciting. I love those things. Yeah. So it starts off with a bang, the void arc. It literally starts with Leofard, the new main character. Uh, oh. Since we're not following with Noah, even though it's an arc, um, he just shoots three people and kills them because they had poor etiquette as sky pirates. That's a way to assert your dominance in the story. I liked it. He's a he's a much better machinist than most of the duty finder. That's that's for damn certain. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, we kind of just go like it's like right to the sky pirate island thing out in the diadem somewhere. Which, by the way, I want to go to the islands that Leofard's going to because his diadem loot is way better than mine. If you've seen his friggin' trophy room, yeah, I don't know where he got all that. Straight up gold. Right Not even gold. That's the odd thing. He's got gold. That's like how gold and the dollar operate with like our mm -hmm. treasury. I just want that to be a personal housing option. Having a little island. Make it like Wildstar. We just have our own little yeah. floating island right off there. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. cool. Well, I don't know. Maybe if we can't build them in Ishgard, we just go build them out in the Sea of Clouds. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah why not? Sure. I'll take it. We just get wind. Just get wind crystals. That's it. Floating island. We'll make them ourselves. We don't even need to wait. So what do we think about Lilfard? Just talking in general since his he was the first major character introduced. I mean, he's a true to form pirate. He, yeah, Lilfard he's is just, just he, He's a pirate. He's a pirate. That's point, all there period, is. Point blank. I, he's a true to form pirate. He he does what a pirate does, what you expect a quote unquote good pirate to do, I guess. But he he he's your classic anti hero. If I mean, he doesn't have a good side or a bad side. He's, he's just fucking Han Solo. Like, yeah. he's an archetype, and there's nothing to it. Like, he's a really he's a he's a cool character, but he's a very very shallow two dimensional character. And he's just in it for and the loot. He's going to stay. Does that, that does yeah. that make him easier to follow? Well, the only reason I think he may not remain too shallow is specifically the image of his late wife or girlfriend or fiance or whoever that is behind and him. Kind of like mm. a, uh, he's kind of more like a uh, wolf in sheep's clothing, kind of where he hides the real him under over this under this guise of being this pure sky pirate, where he actually has this, uh, not I don't want to say emotional side, but it's him moving well, past what he was in a past life. Like I say, that's kind of that's kind of like Han Solo, you know, it's the pirate, like you say, with a heart of gold. He pretends yeah. that he's only in it for the money, but is actually just like a, a top bloke. Um, I don't think that really makes him much more interesting a character. I'm gonna open this video and keep it on the side. Someone post a ghost of Bloodshore. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So I want to see as many of these ghosts as possible. I don't know. I think that there's more to him than we're seeing. I think that for his introduction, he's simple. He's easy to follow. He's easy to like. Yeah. Exactly. And that's important. What about Redlia? His counterpart. His his villain. His actual sort of. Uh, 
adversary that we're introduced to very briefly. Just another pirate? Not that interesting. Not that interesting? Mm, so How did we say this was good and now all of a sudden we have nothing interesting to say about it? I mean, it? The, character, the character itself of Red Leah isn't that interesting, but the, the conflict between them is, if you get yeah. what I'm saying. Okay, I think that's fair enough. So little, so she he establishes he has this short this conflict with another legion of sky pirates, mm-hmm. and that he's the best one. Like, no matter what they all say, he is the best sky pirate out there. Right. Um, <laughs> I thought it was funny because he he brings you there to say there's a ghost ship, and we've heard stories. We got to figure out how to get there. Again, pretty much kind of simulating us as players the way we ante- we kind of saw the void arc before we knew what it was. I like that he says it's probably just another Allegan ship with like almost like yeah. now everyone's just like, yeah, it's probably just a fucking Allegan ship. You know Square Enix just does Allegan shit all the time. It's the exact yeah, same thing. Like he even says he's collecting tombstones. Yeah. Yeah, he says this would be a nice change to collecting tombstones. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was see that's what I like about him though. Like he's 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 breaking that fourth wall in a way that that I always that we always do. Like, we are the fourth wall, and he speaks to us. He's like, oh, you're right. I don't like, I don't do Void Arc for tombstones. You're right. I feel the same <laughs> way because there's no way I would ever do that for 20 tombstones. Speaking of which, then, how do we find tombstones on the Void Arc? It's not elegant. <laughs> Nothing. It's, it's Miyachi, so. Miyachi. Maybe they, maybe they fabricated it from a little bit of Allegan that they found. Anyway, so we fight through the Void Arc. There's bad shit going down. All this evil stuff. You got coffins. You got manta, whatever the manta ray was for. I still don't think that. Cetus. I don't think Cetus really had an. Like, he just felt like a, a sky manta. Like he didn't actually have some sort of impact to uh, the Void Arc. The King of Storms. No, I think it was just like a scavenger. Yeah. He didn't match with any of the other enemies in all the Void Arc after you actually go inside. So you, you think he just—he was just like a sea of clouds thing, not a not a void arc thing. Yeah, so and there was a shit ton of him. for the ride. Yeah, there was okay. a shit ton of Cetuses out there. Like, yeah, just flying over the thing, and then he was just breaking it apart for no reason at all. It felt like, um, but all of a sudden, boom, Diablos. <laughs> you see him for two seconds in the instance, and he's like, "Hey, oh, where'd he go?" And then you're like, okay. And if you Diablos skip... had better shit to do. Yeah, if you skip the final cutscene and you just saw Diablos for those two seconds and you're just like, well, what the fuck? Where did he... <laughs> if you skip the final cutscene, you're a fucking idiot. I was going to say the same thing. That final cutscene where they showed Diablos at his true power, that was a sight to see. That was what I wanted to see. I think that's what people wanted to see out of Diablos when he was introduced yep. in the Lost City. So yeah. he regained his power. He's not a weakling anymore that can only be taken on by four people. I guess I still didn't expect him to get that strong, per se. Really? I didn't know how to... We had no way to gauge what his true strength was because he was sealed away. You have yeah. to imagine that... I don't yeah, know. but I mean, in terms of, like, um, like story impact, he's always been a pretty big deal through the Final yeah. Fantasy series. You know? Did you play Final Fantasy VIII? I'm a dude in a lamp. Yeah, but he was <laughs> a fucking hectic dude in a lamp. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, why Why are you here in my lamp? If you beat me while I'm in my lamp, I'll come out of this lamp. I love lamp. That's pretty much all it was. <laughs> like, he had no impact on the story. Although, I don't know, Type Zero. Is he in Type Zero? Was he no. in Type Zero? What? He was in another Diablo's Final Fantasy. No. Diablo's isn't in Type Zero. He's in, he's in another Final Fantasy and has more impact in it. I can't remember which one it is, though. Was uh, it... 
I'm Googling it right now. I don't give a shit. We're in the middle of the show. We gotta have we gotta have our information. Final Fantasy yeah. eight, Final Fantasy eleven, of course. He had a huge impact in eleven. He was in twelve, yeah. he was in Revenant Wings, he was in thirteen as a concept. He was in Type Zero. Diablos appears in Final oh, Fantasy really? Type Zero as a Vermilion Bird Eidolon. He is obtained by completing Chapter Seven Expert Trial, Operation Dragon Slayer. Oh, okay. So uh, he's kinda like he is in Final Fantasy Eight then. But you don't yeah. You know he's not part of the story, he's just He's just a mm. summon. You and how many times like how many times I use the Vermilion Bird, I can count on like one hand. <laughs> in Final Fantasy XI, though, he was one of the five terrestrial avatars alongside Bahamut, mm -hmm. Carbuncle, Fenrir, Phoenix, and himself, because he's the fifth one that I was about to name, was the ruler of the dream world known as Dynamis, aka Diadem. That's why he's back. And appears as a character in Boston, the Chains of Prometheus storyline. So he does it. Yeah, that's the only game he has any impact, in other words. <laughs> and of course, in the other Final Fantasy. MMO, he has to have an impact. So, mm. this is his impact. So, based on his strength that he shows there, where do we kind of put him on the Void Sense scale that we spoke about in the, in the, in the one Air Zivia? The Charlene one. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we're the ones that define that. You know, the people that encounter him. So, it's really up to us. I'd put him at the top. Top. Uh, well, yeah. So, when you say top, do you mean alongside Cloud of Darkness or above Cloud of darkness. No, alongside, alongside, alongside Cloud of Darkness. Yeah. Okay. So, well, we're going to get to fight him probably as a 24-man boss where he'll be a complete joke and his power will be completely underrepresented. So, <laughs> that's, I don't know, that's how I feel about 24-man bosses. They're like, okay, well, that's cool. He's got a lot of health. Beat his ass. I just don't want 23 other people opening doors. I don't know about you guys. I don't trust them. Me either. No, I don't think that's going to happen. No. You're not gonna, I don't think we're going to even see the door mechanic in I think we'll see um, something that mocks the door mechanic. Like, yeah, remember doors oh. there? Like, maybe he'll do something with a door, but it's not going to be memorize these doors, and you need four people mm. each to activate them or something. So okay. when he's in there, he just shatters. You just get to the last room, and you're like, cool. All right, we'll get the loot. And he shows up, and he just destroys the chains around this giant coffin. Mm -hmm. And he takes it to the void... And Kate Sith or Kochi is like, let's get the fuck out of here because shit's going down and I need to explain to you guys what's going on. Okay, I know Ethis is smiling. He's like, that's not what happened, but let's let's just humor me a little bit. So Kochi explains what that coffin is. Queen Skathak, or Skothak, I believe it actually is. And it's her and her Bella Void Scent were used to power the airship, similar to the way the Algans used Bahamut for Dalamud. And the power was so great that it took all of the Miyachi mages aboard to seal her and everything else, and only Kochi is remaining. Well, they had to sacrifice themselves. They, they, Flat out sacrifice. They built, the thing, they built the thing, they got it in the air, and then they realized that they couldn't contain her properly. And they had to sacrifice herself to, to they had to sacrifice themselves to reinforce the seal. Yeah. yeah. Like you say, leaving only Kochi. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> and then Diablos came. And then Diablos, and then we said, more, more importantly, it directly makes the Lost City of Amdapur canon, as opposed to a side story quest, which I thought was odd. I yeah. mean, granted, Voidark is also a side story quest, but almost with him, you'd expect for Lost City to be a prerequisite, a mandatory prerequisite, so that it makes sense to everybody seeing this guy for the right. first time. He broke mm. free from Lost City when, when, you know, we went in there. He regained his power at the Voidark, and then... That's it. Then he took the queen back to the void, which you think so, would mean a, that nothing's wrong. So, in a way, is this kind of our fault? Well, I think that he was freed. 
I no, before we got there, I think we just got there and it yeah. kind of culminated. I think I think it was another case of him being freed by um, you know the results of the calamity. Mm-hmm. I, I I threw out a theory, and it's like based on pretty absolutely much nothing. nothing yeah. Is that absolutely nothing? Is that maybe Edda freed him, um, and maybe that's where she suddenly went from being a shitty level ten conjurer to being some kind of hectic fucking void mage. Um, that maybe she just sort of made some kind of deal with the devil. Packed. Um, yeah. But again, that's, that's not really based on anything. Anyway, it's happened. He's out. He's out, and now the queen is basically free too. Like, she's not yep. 100% free. She's still in the coffin, but the, mm-hmm. come on. She's free. Yeah, she's free. She's yeah. free. That's the bottom yep. line. And at this, I know you in particular, last week, you were dying that we didn't get to talk about Skathak and Kree Holland. <laughs> Here you go. Here All right, go. okay. So, uh, Skathak is a, a Scottish myth, uh, a sort of warrior woman. She's kind of like the real sort of Xena. Um, and she had two disciples, one of them, Cahulan, wielder of the gay bulk. And the other one, another familiar name for a void scent, for Diet, um, who we also know is still alive, given that we heard him sort of cackling wow. on after Am the Poor Keep. So I think we can expect to see him again. Um, so we've got the combination of, of these three, which is no, no mistake, obviously. Um, and we also got in the, uh, the artwork for the Void Ark, we got this funny little tower, which some people were thinking maybe it's Annex Trine or something like that. Now, Skathark traditionally uh, comes from a place called Dunscaith, or the Fortress of Shadows in Northern Scotland. Um, and the way it's described by historians based on the, the ruins that are still there sounds remarkably like what the depiction we're seeing here is. So I think that what we're going to have is we're going to have to go into the void after her and we're going to have to fight her on her home turf. And kind of like the world of darkness is uh, the uh, the cloud of darkness's little corner of the void. I think we're going to be moving through Dunscaith either as the next installment or the, the final installment of this whole, you know, Miachi, uh, Umbral Calamity kind of thing. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I think that's going to be really interesting. Um, what I also thought was, re- was really funny fighting Cahoolan, and it was the same thing with Cahoolan in Final Fantasy XII. So Cahoolan was the boss that is just absolutely disgusting and, and spewing acid and eating people and shitting them. Um, so Cahoolan in Irish mythology was uh, basically sent away by the local lord of the land because he was too attractive and all the men were worried that all of their wives were going to leave them for him. Well, I'd say that they, they so kept the that, said, that description to... pretty good. Yeah, exactly. So the Lord said, all right, you need to fuck off to Scotland and you're going to train with this woman who's going to fucking kill you in two weeks. Um, so I think that it's, it's very conscious and very ironic that Square Enix keeps reproducing Cahoolan as this really disgusting... Uh, grotesque, fat, vomit-spewing thing. I think it's great. <laughs> no, it's beautiful in some people's eyes, right? Oh, it is beautiful. You're right. Absolutely. So, so what's this going to say of Scothic when we see her? If if Cahoolan, uh is supposed to be, you know, this really beautiful, really, you know, amped-up warrior, what is this going to... What 
what are we going to see with Scothic? Because I like there, I've already seen Scothic in another iteration in the Persona series. Are you are you are you asking me whether you're going to want to have a bust of Scothic next to your <laughs> next to your career? Not, not really, not really. No, because not really is not a no. Because you're like you're like now now Kahula's supposed to be pretty hot, right? But he's not. So is Scothic going to be hot? <laughs> That's how I heard it. And honestly, I was I'm thinking that saying, too, I'm so saying. I don't blame him. I'm just saying, like, I've seen Scothic in another iteration as a persona where she's actually yeah, kind of... Yeah, she's one of those really popular kind of figures. Yeah. So, 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 Castle of Shadows, is this the next place or is this the last place? And if it's the last place, where the hell is the next place? Or is it, the, is it doing Scothic? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just somewhere that we've got to go eventually. Maybe there's going to be some sort of uh, interim where she's sort of waking up and regaining her power in kind of a similar way to uh, to Diablos while we're dealing with something else. I, I think that Dunscaith would be appropriate as the, the final iteration. That would make sense to me. That would be awesome. As the final one, or would we go to Dunscaith next and then to the Castle of Shadows once we've kind of... Well, Dun, Dun, Dunscaith is the Fortress of Shadows. Oh, that's that's the name of that's, it that's in Scottish? That's the literal translation. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um... So, well, I mean, we still need a way to get to the Void unless we're going back to the Void Arc to use it again. Which, Which to be possible. fair, is sort of possible that we'd have to go back only because of the final development. At the very least, mm. the Void Arc is going to appear. In it's absolutely going to appear again. Mainly because Redlia and her crew are ready to go take it. Like mm. idiots. Mm. So, they're almost definitely going to fall under some sort of influence while they're there. Or just die horribly and we never hear from them again. I would like that. <laughs> so, do you think in the uh, next wave of uh, the Voyarch or the storyline, um, wherever we go, we're going to have to deal with Redlia and her pirates under some I type we'll of void... Yes, exactly. Boy I think control. that they're gonna get they're gonna get corrupted and they're gonna mm -hmm. get fucked up. Like you and, saw what yeah. happened to Nero, right? Yeah. As he was kind of yeah, broken by the like void. That. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know. I still I think we need a way to the void before we go to the Castle of Shadows. Is my yeah, and thing. I think that might be like the interim sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, the problem is we know that the Void Arc can literally cut a hole through the Void, but it's a short-term hole. Like, we'd have to cut that hole and go in. Like, there wouldn't, just, we can't just leave. We need a way in that also has a way out. The only place I can think of when we already closed it was the Crystal Tower. We, there, we had a way in back there. And mm. I still don't know why they left a cliffhanger at the end of the Crystal Tower storyline, but I don't want to go back there. I'll tell you that much. I don't want that to be our, reason, our way into the Void just for the sake of that. We're gonna mm. we're gonna see cloud of darkness again, cloud of dankness. I can't believe I went a whole episode without saying the word dank. You said it earlier. No, I didn't. I yes, never did. said no. I never said dank today. Okay. I said it. I said it last week a lot, like a lot, a lot. I didn't say dank earlier today though. I promise you, I'll say dank in context in the next five minutes. Okay, sounds good to me. Yeah, it's yeah. a guarantee. So and also, <laughs> interesting. So the Tonberries evolved from, or evolved, if that's the right word, from the Nims. The mm -hmm. Amdapori, I don't know. They're something. They were people. But it looks like the Miyachi were cats. <laughs> they were people. The Miyachi were no, cats? No, the Miyachi weren't cats. No, 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 no. Ko Koshi was a familiar. Okay. It's like a, a little servant. Like, like Matoya's got her frogs in her brooms. Koshi was like that. Okay. It's a damn, damn good familiar. It's better than the frogs and the brooms. 
Uh, the Miyachi were almost definitely Lollafels. <laughs> no wonder they ruined everything. Here we go. I, I am a Lollafel, all right? I don't want to be on that yeah. side of the that's fence. Self -con that's self-loathing, though. I mean, pff, all I got to say is, like, you can't deny the facts, all right? Like, you can't deny the facts when it comes to Lollafels. Not, not a Lollafel hater. Again, everybody else, not me. Denial. <laughs> Denial. <laughs> so overall thoughts on the Void Arc. Happy with its implementation. Happy with where it's going. Yes. Very happy. Uh, very, looking forward to um, looking forward to Skatha. Excuse me. Um, I want to see who. Because we're going we're going to. Uh, I don't think Skatha is the last. Is the end all be all. There's something definitely. Behind Cloud of Darkness it. is the end, right? No. Not again. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Cloud of Darkness does have some involvement. I would like to see it. Really? No, I think she, I think that she's nah, she's done she's and gone. I and mean, if we're yeah. going back to the void, yeah. Why do why are they so obsessed with the void on these side story quests? Is the four point no one gonna take us to the void again? Do we get to just keep finding void, out about all the these voids? In? Really fucking big. All right. Yeah. Okay, and you know what? The void is also might as well put Shinryu and Omega in this in the next one then because they are why supposed not? they're supposedly yeah. travelers of the void. So is uh, Gilgamesh. He's a traveler of the void. That's he doesn't true. even know. I still think we're going to see Cloud of Darkness. I mean, she did, after all, chase us out of the void. Like, she kicked us well, out. Well, she tried to chase us, and then you had, um... Uh, uh, fuck, I can't remember their names. I just keep thinking of Final Fantasy III, trying to remember their names. The Allegans. Yeah, the two Allegans. Those names are so simple, too. Like, they're like three yeah. or four letter names. Yeah. I just can't remember. I keep wanting to say Ida, but I know that. Oh, it's, uh, no. it's Une and, Une and Doga. Oh, yeah, that's why. It's the Doga. Doga made me think of it. I knew they both had really yeah, short Une names. Yeah, and Doga. I kept, I kept wanting to say Ida, because I was like, I know there's like an uh. I can't remember what comes before the uh, though. It's Doga. Dog. It's got Froggy. the Dog. Dog. It's got the Dog. Inner and Doge. <laughs> Une and Doge. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, can somebody please also Photoshop the picture of Une and Doga, but with a doge, a doge face over Doga, please. <laughs> there we go. Uh, what about you? What about you, Ethis? What are your overall thoughts on the void, the um, dank arc? I'm I'm more excited for this than I was for Crystal Tower in Labyrinth of the Ancients. And who wouldn't definitely? Labyrinth yeah. of the Ancients was pretty shitty. I'll give you that. Like <laughs> I thought it was fun. Fun. That's a, that's yeah. is that above or below good? That's uh, beside good. Okay. Just making sure, cause you fun. You did not. You're like, yeah, it was uh, fun. It could have been. It could have been a lot better. I enjoyed yeah. it. I enjoyed I just, it, but objectively, it wasn't. I just loved going back when they changed his name and hearing the explanation. Yes, Phlegathon, not Acheron. Phlegathon. <laughs> What a way to retcon a fucking name change, right? That was, that was so unnecessary. <laughs> but I just called the new ones Phlegathons. Yeah, it was uh, so unnecessary. I'm happy with the Void Arc. I was, again, edge of my seat while it was happening, especially the Diablo scene where you see his full power, yeah. where you see the Void Rift open. And I'm wondering the whole time, why are they flying so close to that fucking thing? <laughs> so ballsy to just fly so close to the giant laser beam that cut a hole in reality... Mind you, my thing was the moon. That little huge ass back. Oh, oh, it, it created it created a spatial rift to the moon. <laughs> it didn't take her to the void. Took her to the moon. That's yep. where the castle of shadows is on the dark side of the moon. 
Is that where the void is overall? That's why we it exists in real life. We've just not been we just not haven't really explored it. Alright. There you go. So those are the two big things. Uh wait, 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 wait. What's your what's your numerical rating? My numerical rating? I give the Void Arc nine. I think it was I think that the story combined with the more interesting uh appearance of the bosses, the backstory that goes with it is something that has real merit versus something that's just taken from another Final Fantasy. This was good original Final Fantasy content mm. with all the flavors of a Final Fantasy title. This is what I want to see out of them. Original arcs coming out of the story. Not fucking having the Baldessians and the Warring Triad. Those are good and fun and it's nice to speculate on them. But I love the original. Something that defines 14 as its own uh, universe and not just a so recycling of all the other you would ones. Be, so you would be okay if Square just did not use any of its current assets that it already has. No, it has. should absolutely do that, but I hate being able to tell what the story is six to 12 months in advance because they decided to drop a name or they decided to incorporate an entire idea behind mm -hmm. something like the Baldessians with Kryle and Goliath and then it being thrown into the void or wherever the hell it was, you know, when it was destroyed. Because that's exactly like the arc of Final Fantasy V with then the Warring Triad becoming a tree and them trying to upset the... Like, all those things just point too much to the plots of other Final Fantasies. They don't feel as original. As opposed to it being like you have Biggs and Wedge in the game. Or, you know, you had Jesse from Final Fantasy VII makes an appearance in the Magitek Workshop. Like... Those are, those are there, and, you know, you could be like, oh, okay, it's a reference to that. But this is literally like we're borrowing the story from another Final Fantasy like Crystal Tower or, like, the Triad or, um, or the Baldessians and whatnot. I like to see this more developing of original characters, which I liked out of this patch for Thancred, for Yishtola, for Alphino, and for the Warriors of Darkness, even though they're not an original idea. They're an idea that's been expanded upon a little bit across the series. So a nine. <laughs> point three. Anyway, so there we go. I would actually give it the point three. I would do that. I'd say it was worthy of a nine point three. So there are some other story elements here. So things such as the sightseeing log, as you mentioned mm -hmm. uh, earlier. Mm -hmm. We have the uh, new dungeons. I don't know if you have anything on that at this. I think only Saint Mosians would have anything at all. Well, Mosians was was interesting. Um, it was a little bit more than what I was expecting. Again, we, we call it an arboretum, and an arboretum is basically just a botanical garden for trees. Yeah. There's obviously so much more going on here. So we've got different areas. We've got uh, telmatology and aromology for two. Uh, the first being basically a study of, of marshes and swamp lands as an ecosystem, and the second being a study of deserts as an ecosystem. So it seems to be some sort of uh, like research facility. Yeah, 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 but also like some kind of like simulation, you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not purely just here is a collection of trees. Uh, they're doing sciencey stuff with it, um, which is cool. Um, the other thing that was interesting was the reason we were sent there um, was the um, the denizens of Idleshire basically needed some some dank weed. <laughs> That's what he said in the next fi in the next five minutes. He promised us in the next five minutes there would be a reference. But I mean, like it was it was such a I don't know. I was expecting it being the main story. I was expecting Matoya to say, "Oh yeah, there's something in there that you need to go and fetch, and it's really important uh, to my research or whatever." But they were just like, "Nah, nah, nah. We need some seeds. We need to we need to grow some kush and sell it." Like Shrek. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
exactly. Pretty much. Like Dank Shrek. Dank uh, Shrek. The internet is a wonderful place for things like this. Can we put that in uh, patch 3.2 be the dankest weed as the name of the fucking <laughs> patch name? I reckon we're going to get to 3.2 and the whole of like the outside of Idleshire is just going to be fucking greenhouses. <laughs> and, and, and I thought he was going to say this. that the, I thought he was going to say the wildlife in the in the arboretum was going to expand and it was going he was going to have something meaningful to say. <laughs> nope, he just thinks that they're going to turn it into a weed farm. So it's all it's all going to be greenhouses and uh, all the goblins are going to have uh, an extra little attachment to their masks and they're just going to be vaping like all day. <laughs> <laughs> and Idleshire is going to be like a much better place to idle than it is now. So <laughs> looking forward to <laughs> You got to go to X4Y20 in Idleshire. <laughs> That's where the next quests are going to be. <laughs> oh, these dank memes are never going to end. Can't handle uh, it. Um, but uh, who, do, you, are you, do you think we'll ever find out more about who Saint Mosion actually is? That, I've been absolutely tearing my dick off trying to work that out the last couple of days. Um, I've been, I've been like, trying to work out if there was a Catholic Saint Mosian or something like a Saint Mosian, um, or in, in any sort of tradition that's been, like, a patron of, of botany or farming or whatever. And I can't, I can't see the name anywhere else, so I really, I really don't know. I'm under the assumption that maybe he, uh, he or she was a Charlene scholar. And that this was their research facility. This is where they. Yes. That's the most common. That's but for, but for her actual. That's for her actual in game. But like, almost everything draws some sort of inspiration from some sort of background. It could be like I said, something completely original. Mm -hmm. But that's yeah. unlikely with Square Enix. Well, the thing that interests me is that we've never heard of a Charlene saint before. Yeah, and someone in the no. chat pointed out that saints are pretty much reserved for Ishgard. I don't know if there is an actual so sainthood in there. But... Far, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All the original knights are saints in Ishgard. Um, but yeah, the, so the it's, knights... it's really weird. The the Charlans, like they they they're pragmatists. You know, they're scientists. For them to think of someone mm -hmm. as a saint, I don't know. Maybe they're borrowing on some other tradition. Maybe it's not even like a, a Charlan name originally. I'm just I'm really really curious. And I'm frustrated that we didn't get an answer for that in the sightseeing log. And I think it's going to be another one of those things like the, the Sins of Sasamo. It's just going to be one of those names that no one bothers explaining to us. One day we'll find out what the Sins of Sasamo are. And yeah, well, they keep saying that. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, and then also, I mean, with Ferrocerius, it pretty much just bomb Cena at the bottom. So there's like nothing special about that. No. To... Yeah, I thought it was, it was interesting. That we saw the um, the eighth order kobolds, which is like a magnitude above any other kobolds we've ever seen. Yeah. So whatever it is that they were planning, it's obviously like you know super important. So for those of you who don't know, haven't done the kobold beast uh, quests, the kobolds are sort of ranked in order of importance of their of their orders. So the first order is the ones that have the most land, they're the most successful, they do the most mining or whatever. Um, to give you some idea. Ugamaro Mines is controlled by the 59th Order. Um, our friends uh, for the Beast Tribe quests are like the seven... They're, they're, the, the, they're, seven the, they're the lowest possible Yeah, order. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, they're like seven or eight hundred down. So the eighth Order getting involved in something like this, it's, it's obviously a big deal. Um, I think it was cool to see the Kobolds in a dungeon because we haven't seen them before. 
and I'd really love to learn more about the kobolds because I feel like out of all of the beast tribes, they're kind of the ones we, we probably know least about at the moment. And also, amongst the First Order has to be their, their absolute leader, I'd imagine. If they, I'd imagine the First Order is capable of issuing commands to every order underneath Yeah, it. every order above is, is capable of issuing commands down. That's why, oh, there it is, a 789th order. That's why that they're, they're constantly being pushed around by the people at Ugamaru because they're sort of subservient. But the thing about whoever's in the First Order, they don't necessarily stay in the First Order. If you're, if you're like mining more resources than the people in the First Order, you get bumped up to the First Order. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, yeah, they call the shots. There's going to be someone important up there. I don't know. I was surprised that we didn't find more about what they're up to and that we didn't get a follow-up. You know, the maelstrom have chased them down the caverns and what do they find? I don't know. I'd like to, I'd like to find out. Bomb Cena. That's what you find there at the bottom. You have, uh, well, there, no, the second one is Bomb Cena. The first one is not Bomb Cena because that's Mom Bomb. The second mm -hmm. one is, I believe, everyone said the second one is a guy and the first one's a girl just because of the names, I believe. Um, Wouldn't it be because of the color, though? Yeah, it's, I think, yeah, color. The blue flame, to me, the blue flame is hotter. Like, it's whatever to me. <laughs> so it's going to be a dude. <laughs> no, yeah. but I mean, like, that's the only relevance that their color has to me is the, is the heat of their flames. Like, it doesn't have relevance to the, to the genders and whatnot. Uh, I'm just curious mm -hmm. about the Beastmen at this point. Like, there's obviously still a, a top-tier order for every single Beastman we have yet to explore. And I want to know what's going on with those with the top of their order. That's it. Well, a lot of them aren't even in Aeorzea. I mean, the Mamuljah, they've only got a token presence in Aeorzea. Yeah, they have their, uh, they have their uh, Final Fantasy XI ripped-off counterparts. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah they've got <laughs> the new world. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so St. Mosians, we talked about Pharos for whatever it was, the sightseeing log. Is there anything in the sightseeing log of interest that you feel is relevant? I have done. Well, he has though. Like at this point, I'm asking at this questions that we get to talk about it afterwards. Yeah. He knows way more than we do. Of course. Other than, other than the whole, um, thing about the, the cathedral in Azaslar and the yeah. fact that those ruins that we've been wondering about in Azaslar seem to be Mericidian in origin. They seem to be from a Mericidian, uh, beast race that are basically like treants or ants or something. Um, that's really interesting. I want to see where that goes. I, I still want to know why they've got, um, uh, they've got the symbols of Azima, the sun goddess, all over them. Because a lot of people were noticing like uh, that, that those are the same assets they use in the Temple of Khan. And they're like, why the fuck are those up there? The Khan's, you know, Belladion and, yeah. and, um, and uh, Miyachi originally. So people were thinking recently, you know, how the fuck could there be like Miyachi ruins in Azizla when uh, Alig is much, much, much older than Miyachi. Um, and there's a much older beast race apparently worshipping Azima in Mericidia, not even in Eorzea. So that's interesting. I want to see where that goes. As for the rest of the sightseeing log, I'm sure there's other stuff in there. I haven't really poured through it properly mm. yet, but... Um, yeah, I was I was super disappointed with the sightseeing log in 3.0 because it told us absolutely nothing that we didn't already know, that we couldn't already know from yeah. other places. Um, so what I'm hoping is that they've decided that they're, even if it's not every patch, but they're going to like keep trip feeding us uh, lore through the sightseeing log. It's maybe not a bad way to do patch. it. I don't think it's a I bad think it's a great way to do it. 
It's also such an easy thing to do. Now like, it is. Of, in terms of patch content, it's so fucking. E no, I mean, I mean, in terms of the development side of things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You take you yeah. you write lore. You say where are we gonna yeah. put this lore here? Okay. Yeah. Boom. Look out. Yeah. Stick it in a random yeah. place in the world. Yeah. They don't. They don't have to random, create any but... assets. Or... Well, it's 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 a place in the world in, in, where in you the can grand... see the thing. Yeah, I understand that, but in the grand scheme of things, like they. In the grand scheme of things, when you're actually doing a site, site it seems log, random as fuck. It seems random as fuck. <laughs> Until you like, do it and the then fuck, you read it. Why the fuck do I have to jump onto this fucking light post? This specific oh, goddamn yeah. light post. He's, you're talking Just, about the 2.x two point, two sightseeing yeah. logs. Oh, okay, right. Where yeah, literally okay. you had yeah, the, yeah, the so, that exact log post. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah, so in the grand scheme of things, it looks like they're just picking a random fucking spot in the world. Stand here, look out. It seems random. I hope that they keep developing the lore like this. And I want to see more things. I hope they keep developing. <laughs> I think, that, I mean, so I think, I think... Little. The library had no books in it! It had Why plenty of books, we just didn't read, read them. the fucking books in the fucking library? My god, I'm so tell mad them. about them. Complain we were tell them. killing for, the books. For Great Cabal hard mode. For, for, the great, oh. for the great Google library hard mode. There you go. Them. It's Google. Come on. We should be able to search through things. Uh, I will say, though, I do want them to continue. I, I didn't see... I don't recall seeing it in the two new dungeons. I like when they have the things like they had in... Uh, What's it, what, in the fractal where you can stop and read them and learn mm -hmm. about something they had that's stuff going like on. that they had stuff like that in the 2.0 dungeons they had like notes and no stuff but i mean in there. um in, in, in the, the arboretum dungeons. and pharaoh series i don't recall right. the arboretum having any no no the arboretum didn't have anything like that yeah, yeah that was conspicuous actually that's a good point i would i would like to see them continue to teach you about the new dungeons i don't give a shit about the old ones but like although the temtara one was done pretty well that gave you edda's backstory yeah. Um, if it's got yeah. reason, I, I think, want them to do that. Yeah, I think Tintara was the best example of. Um, oh, everyone fell in love. That's when that was the first dungeon they did it with. I think. Yeah, that's the yeah. It's the best example of, you know, not really throw uh, throwing or shoehorning um, lore in there, but adequately putting lore within just a simple dungeon. Yeah, and everyone, like you say, everyone fell in love with Edo. Yeah, it was great. It was good. Keep doing it. Don't stop doing it. Why did you stop doing it? Put more books in the library. And again, it goes back to this whole it was teased thing, and you just find out, like, oh, you know, people wonder, whatever happened to those four adventurers I ran into outside Sastasha? Whoever thought that was going to turn into this dark story of uh, of revenge and uh, and messing with the void? Like, that's such a, a something like, holy shit, that actually, this is what happened to them? Like, when you realize that the realization was phenomenal. And the awesome thing about that experience and, and realizing that they were receptive to doing things like that is that the second time I played through the story, I was constantly on the lookout for characters or little little tiny snippets like that which could develop somewhere further on. And I reckon that's that's so awesome. It, it sort Flavor. of gives people a reason to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. Flavor text. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I wouldn't like I wouldn't mind knowing a little bit more about what how the fuck Belladonna was made. It's fucking annoying. I, I wouldn't mind knowing more. Yeah, or hmm. um, the, yeah, the some of the experiments that went on in Saint Mosion. Yeah, do you think Belladonna is Saint Mosion? <laughs> wow, uh, wow. <laughs> like Saint Mosion. That's heavy. That's heavy. Like Saint Mosion experimented on themselves, or it's like some Dark Souls shit, or the plant life in there. 
kind of took a mind of its own before they abandoned it and that was a result when we see like the zombie bears you know that that zombie you mean the parasites the parasites yeah i mean yeah yeah, but i mean like that that's the idea that the the wildlife was yeah yeah okay Um, it's just the last of us please square enix we need answers we need to know who saint mosion was even if it's ish guardian shirlayan whatever we need to know (laughs) And I say we, but Ethis is probably going to be the one to pay attention to it most. But he needs it. Koji, we're looking at you. Come on, Koji. Believe. We believe in you. We believe that the next one, next one of these we have will be able to talk a lot about. I hope that the next time we have one of these, by the way, is not going to be in 3.2. It's going to be after 3.15, the Scholisticate. Oh, yes. The yes. Scholisticate side story quest is being implemented alongside the animal weapons. And also we can get a glimpse at the animal weapons inspirations as well and where they stand. Mm. I A lot of people forgot the Scholisticate side story quests were pushed back to 3.15. Yeah, it wasn't even put in 3.1. Even yeah, I was looking out forgotten. for them. Yeah, I've forgotten. I, I was looking out for them and I was like, oh, oh okay. Oh. In reference, that's in December. 3.15 yeah. is in December. I'm glad, confirmed. like I say, I'm glad that they did because it means that we've got more stuff to do in December and we can kind of focus on the things now. And I don't know, I like I like having story sort of a month apart, like a little bit and a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. I think that's a better way to do episodic story content than three or five months apart. Three or five? No, four. Just three or five. That's it. Yeah. Well, there's the two options we've had. Somebody says, I thought the Scholisticate quests were what give the animal weapons. Could be. I don't think that. I'm pretty sure they've separated them as something different in the past. Yeah, that's how I understand it. Because they had their own tab in one of the earlier live letters where they said, you know, we're going to get the Scholisticate side story quests. We're going to get this. We're going to get that. And then, you know, separately, we're going to get the animal weapons as well. Mm. And I believe there's a location in Ishgard specifically that is in reference to the Scholisticate uh, where they're going to be located uh, already if you go there. There's a zone in Ishgard also, a training zone that we've yet to use, I believe. There's a zone, there, there's a little, there's a room you can go into that has nothing in it of relevance, uh, but it's an actual zone on its own. Are you talking about the one by the cathedral? I think so. I'd have to go in. I think it's, I think it's in the foundations. The classroom. There you go. You can go to the classroom oh, for okay, the Scholisticate. Right. I'm okay. talking about a different one. There you go. Okay. Yeah, so you can already go there. So we have an idea of where we're going to be going. Um, and then the only other thing I could potentially talk about is the diadem. That seems that other than it is just being floating islands, it's interesting that they rotate around a floating wind crystal, it seems. They sort of revolve around it. But there's something interesting that happens there. Hyperelectricity weather can happen. The same weather in Asus Law. And it does actually spawn constructs, elegant, elegant uh, enemies there, Rephlages, just like the fate. In the diadem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the diadem. There could actually, and you can get Proto Ultima exoplatings in there too, from these Rephlasias. Do we really? think that Proto Ultima's influence in some way is showcasing a little bit more? Because he he kind of just wakes up, blows a bunch of shit up, summons a Rephlasia, and then leaves. That's all he does. So he's traveling between like the Diadem and um. Well, he might he might not just be in Azazel. I mean, he, you don't actually see him in the Diadem, but you see the result of the hyperelectricity weather. Yeah which is a result of Ultima actually being present in some way, mm. shape, or form. So it's interesting. Do you that... think he might be like a super rare spawn in the diadem? Well, some people are assuming because it spawns nine Rephlasias, and yeah. uh, there are two and three star enemies in the diadem that people haven't been able to spawn. Mm. So I, I, I don't think any of them are proto-Ultima, 
but there are enemies, there are still a lot of mysteries in the diadem and regarding to what's located there and why it's there. Why are these dinosaurs there? You know, you can say whatever you want, like joking around. They were on fucking islands that had wind crystals at some point and a calamity shot them up there. Whatever it is, there's more stuff going on with Proto Ultima, I feel, as well. He's not done. I don't think he's done. I don't think he's one Phaeton. <laughs> That's it. And he's just like, fuck it. I don't know. I don't like it. I just want Proto Ultima to be... I just want these fucking elegant things to die so we can get away from them. <laughs> we move on. Yeah, you like... Want, you want to just move away from... No, I want them elegant. to die so we can close it out and then we can Well, just there can get... only be so many of them left. Though. That's what you <laughs> fucking right. think. I guarantee you we find out fucking Garlemald is built on top of a fucking elegant fucking death ground at some point. And then they've colonized other planets. Yeah, like the moon. Uh, so... <laughs> It's not a planet, but I'll take it. Just don't give me that face, Ethis. Alright, I think we've covered a lot of fucking story today. Can I can I change the title oh, yeah. of this episode to A Lot of Fucking Story? You State of the Realm 38.3, 38, 38. A Lot of Fucking Story. Fine. Fine? Uh, more story than they actually gave us. Yeah, spent more yeah, time I don't talking know how about we it. managed to pull so much out of it. There's so much to pull out of it. There's just not a lot actually happening, like, yeah. there itself. It's all about what's going to happen later, which is kind of like how... Say, that's about no, no filler, no bullshit. It's just, you know, no, yep, yeah. all, juicies. All the juicies, just like it says on my Lollafell's uh, subagar on the ass. Yeah, we got That's the second time I've said so that. you made that face, but you're probably going to have to be wearing that in a couple of months. Hell, though, he, he no, ain't. No, 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 no. He's got to no, win first. Gonna what's going to happen is I'm going to lose again. By, by one point. No, no, by point three. Yeah, you're going to lose gonna by... Happen? He's going to lose what's by gonna point three. You're going to do your fucking That's all right. We'll get, we'll get someone on to carry you. Yeah, we like, let, we'll get a Dodgio on your team again. <laughs> How about we just get a Dodgio on your team again? He, he sure as hell pulled his way. And I'll get Pook on my team. Poor Adagio. Poor Adagio. And I'll get Pook oh. on my team. We'll bring it back. Because we won last time. We have to defend our title. That's, that's such an unfair team. Like. Oh, and we still need to do the one where we all team up against Ethis and do it to him and see, like, make sure to see if he knows. Do it to shit. me. Oh. oh yeah. yeah. That's so loose. Yeah. Fine. There we go. All right. Just random, random shit that nobody else would know in Aortia and just see. If I had quizzed him on Boxman, he would never have gotten that right. I should have saved that. He would. I would have like. What, what's in what, What's in here? What NPC does Boxman work for? Or what's in the box? What's What's in the box? What's in the box? What's I explained what's in the box. I explained what's likely in the box. It's likely wine or some sort yeah, of alcohol. But it's actually Ethis and Sly. <laughs> yeah, so we still need... I gotta check Twitter to see if we have uh, any any tweets about this. Oh, there's the... Uh, if the Olympics can do it, so can I. I like that. <laughs> oh, man. Alright, guys, we're gonna wrap up the show, move over into post. I'm sure that this show probably ran pretty long for Ethis, especially because he's towards the end of his semester, so apologies, Ethis, as much as I know oh, you love talking right. about it. So, let's wrap things up and move over to the post-show. So, uh, first off, let's have Ethis tell them where they can find you, my friend, when you are not falling off the face of the earth, do earth doing exams. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash ethisasher. You can find me on Twitter, ethisffxiv. 
and went to Richard's FS Asher, I think, as well. <laughs> you look like you didn't, streaming this week. You look like you didn't know the answer to any of those three things you just said. You're like, I don't know. It's there. I don't I'm, I'm, I don't, no, no, but like, you didn't. You didn't pull a mic, though. You didn't pull a complete My mic. name is Mike. And <laughs> Mike and um No, I said Michael Pomorma. Uh, I said yeah. my full name. Yeah. Alright. Alright, Sly, tell them where they can find you, my friend. Well, my name is Samuel Sly and The Third. Uh, the third. Thank you. <laughs> Forgot that part. Uh you can find me on uh Twitch at Sly aka Gray Fox. Twitch.tv slash Sly aka Gray Fox. You can find me on Twitter at Sly the Fox. You can find me on Instagram at Sly aka 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 gray fox i can't speak zero seven and you can find me in behemoth plot 14 ward five of the lavender beds home to the foxhole <sighs> greatest strip club anyway i and then i am your final host michael mr happy poveromo you can find me everywhere mr happy 127 except youtube where you could probably still find me there like that but xander 127 is the official link fuck it i'm just saying it's mr happy i don't give a shit anymore fuck it. it's mr happy 127 whatever it's you if you if you googled it if you youtube it that's what it would say. It's just not the official hyperlink. Ugh, technicalities. So the the third. So I had a here's your sign moment. Sly, you know what a here's your sign moment is? What? When somebody oh, says I something know what I know what it unbelievable. is. Unbelievable. Where it's like, so wait, that means so wait. Was your dad named Sam too? And you go, nope. His, nope. His name was Daniel. I just like the third on the end. Here's your sign. There we go. <laughs> I like Bill Engvall. Get off my back. Bill Engvall is pretty cool. I like that guy. All right, guys, we're going to head over to post show. So thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. I We will we will see you next week where we have a very special episode. We're going to have the community team for Final Fantasy XIV here on the show. That would be Colby, Grekema, some as you may know him. We have Matt Hilton, Bayonne. We have Devin Cassidy, Kamate. And we have Reinhardt. And you guys, he's he did translations, guys. Back in the day. Back in the day, Reinhardt. Moving on up to the community team. So, mm -hmm. hopefully you guys will be there, and there will be a very special giveaway at the end as well. Ooh. So you guys should be there for that, because it's going to be exciting. And you got to be there for the whole show. Because you don't know, you don't know how long the show is going to be. You don't know. Just remember to be there. So anyway, at this again, thank you for joining us. Let's go over to post-show, guys. Say goodbye, and let's do it. Bye! Wacky, waving, inflatable arm moon man. Uh, uh, Flap those bingo wings. See you guys. My bingo wings. <laughs> he was doing it after the show is already over. <laughs> My bingo wings. Oh, and Frost. Oh, Frosty will be there too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good job. I'm sorry. It's too late at this point to say it. No, fuck it. We're, no, the show's still on. Fr Frosty TV from Log Talk's going to be there too. Woo!